This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that would like to wish Captain Leader Legend John Terry a very happy 35th birthday. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, John. Quite right. Happy birthday, dear Captain Leader Legend. Legend John Terry. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. you. I'm sure he'll get that message. Somehow he's listening. I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't feel you know, I wouldn't be surprised he's if he does. For inspiration, he wants any yeah, help he can get. If he can pick DJ up in his Bentley and deliver yeah, CFC UKs, yeah. exactly. Anyway, uh, just when we thought we were out, they pull us back in. I could do that in a kind of Silvio just stroke. Just when Pacino. they thought we were out, they pull us back no, I don't in. Think that's, that, just when we thought we were out, they pull us back in. Oh, I see that voice. You're fired. I'm now the voiceover okay, artist no, on the cool, show. Cool. Anyway, just when they thought we were out, they pull us back in. Having seen the glimmer of recovery for the last few weeks, our faith and optimism crash-landed with a defeat to newly promoted Bournemouth. Yes, Bournemouth. 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 In truth, we were mugged off with a typical smash-and-grab display by the Cherries, and we should have won comfortably, but just how many times have we said that this season? One only wonders what Roman was thinking as he watched the horror through his fingers. Is this the beginning of the end for Jose? Will it be all change at Stamford Bridge? And should we rip it up and start again? There's a song there. I know, there's rip quite a few. I know. Orange again. juice. Shall yeah. I start that again? I think, as you've interrupted me, I will. Yeah. Uh, will it be all change at Stamford Bridge? And should we rip it up and start again? Or should some of us be careful what we wish for? I am Stamford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast. Be careful what you wish for. Yes, this is actually, I, I'm not Stamford Chidge, I'm Rod Serling. Yeah, and this is the Twiglet the Zone. Twiglet Zone, yeah, That's indeed. What we used to call it. I know. Well, there yeah, we go. Because yeah, yeah. we're about the same age. Yeah, yes, yeah, I know. Yeah, Old and yeah. but golden. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Some of us would call us a golden shower, but let's not go there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. God, this is, you can just tell. Actually, there are there are, there is one very good thing about the show tonight. Okay, is that I've been in the pub and had a couple of pints in uber quick time. 
Of and London. we know what happens then. London, London Lager. Lager. You get very aggressive, Chidge, and you shout London at people. I, as if I would ever do that. Back me up here. Back me up, Clayton. I'm, I'm, I'm saying nothing. I'd like to come back again. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to introduce the troops. They are tonight, the, as you've probably already heard, but they are Jonathan Kidd. Hello. They are Clayton Beerman. Hello. And they are the legend that is Mark Gate 17, <laughs> the artful hey. Dodger Worrell. Hello. Hello. Yeah. So it's brilliant. I, 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 I mean, in spite of the content tonight, I'm actually really looking forward to this show. A finer group of people. To have round the table with me One tonight, cannot I cannot it. imagine. No. So there we go. No. Okay, so on the show tonight, we'll be asking, was the defeat to Bournemouth and the performance as bad as it felt? And should we have some perspective? Plus, we nominate the Chelsea Fancast Match Awards. Possibly the hardest thing we'll have to do tonight. Uh, in part two, we'll be asking, what now for Jose Mourinho and Chelsea? Is it the manager or the players? Where do we go from here? What will happen next, and where will it all end? It sounds like a... Remember that uh, 70s soap called Soap? Yeah. It, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Anyway, in part three, we're going to be talking to Mark about his latest novel, This Damnation, plus other Gate 17 titles available as very nice Christmas presents. Uh, and we'll, I think we'll also, because I, I suspect that we might have some time, and I actually thought, Mark, I'm going to spring this on you, because I'm like that. I, you know, because you're such a lovely uh, person, full, full of humility, <laughs> and I know how much you, it would pain <laughs> you to like spend 25 <laughs> minutes talking about your latest tomb. No. Yes. So I've decided that we will probably spend about 10 or 15 minutes talking about this damnation, and then we're going to talk to you about your love of Chelsea. Okay. Which, in spite of the innumerable times you've been on this show, I don't think we've ever really talked about. How about that? Okay. Cool. There we go. He's, he's looking cool about that. That's fine. Good. Now, to wrap up in part London four... Lager. He's just put his coat on. He's put London his coat on, yeah. He's just Lager. disappeared out the door. Now, to wrap up in part four, we'll London. have the results of this week's Man of the Match, Chant of the Match, Guinness and Celery Moments, as as voted on Twitter by you lot who are listening and the usual roundup of Chelsea supporters news. Now, I can tell Mark, as you can probably tell, Mark and I have had a couple of beers before the show. Last time this happened, Mark... London kept, yes, Lager. Last he time it was during the show. He, he's going to be doing this all night now. He's going to be no, no. coming in with a London Lager. London but the last Lager. time he did this, it was... Newcastle United. You remember that? Yeah. In Putney Station. I must admit, I, I was rolling around in mirth <laughs> in Cheam Sports was, Club yeah. yesterday. <laughs> as the mighty Newcastle. Oh, I know. The one bright spot on the weekend. It was great fun, wasn't it? Wasn't it really fun? Bad for us. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed, because they'll overtake us. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, can we, don't, can we just talk about it for two seconds? For just, what? The, the way the media. You can if you talk may, to the, the mic. Way the, oh, please shut up. The way the media, I'm in the mic, there's the mic there. The way the media went on about Liverpool being I so know. fantastic. I know. They, all suddenly, all that come out the woodwork, all the journalists, football Liverpool supporters, how marvellous were, and I laughed like a drain when they lost yesterday. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I literally laughed my cock off at it. Is yeah. it falling off? Well, it did. I, it's all right. Gaffer taped it, it back on. It back on. Screwed it back on. Steve right. McLaren with his rosy little cheeks. <laughs> it, was, it was a great Smiley. result. They are very rosy, aren't they? They get yeah. rosier and rosier. <laughs> okay, pause. Thank you. Now, don't forget, you lot, you can listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock or a little bit late if we can have we to talk wait. about the trumpet as well. We will. It's on. It's in the script. Oh, is it? It's in the script. You didn't uh, mention it. I know, but don't worry. Oh, or bugle, as we like to call it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Monday seven o'clock, as in like tonight, uh, by going to mixler mixlr.com forward slash chelsea hyphen fancast, where of course you can join the lovely people. There are lots of them in tonight. 
and I suspect their patience has already got, grown thin at the silliness of this show, which is only six and a half minutes in. Andy Silverman's there. Hello, he Andy. Uh, who else is in there tonight, then, that yes. we like? We like them all, really, we like don't them we? All. Lukey, Bob, Jacques, Joubert, uh, Dazza. Gary Wilson, I think Gary's back from his uh, from from you were you were in the states, I believe. Gary uh, getting some sun, good for you. I saw Alan May's score is without doubt always every week my favourite uh, name in the in the <laughs> chat room. I would love to know your real identity and buy you a beer. Uh, Daniel Cabral, Benny the Blue, Joe the Blue, uh, James. I would how would you pronounce that, Marco? Do you think James Sausage? Sausage. Not related to Tim Sausage Rolls. Uh, Anniban Battered, bat, hang on, Battered Chargy. Johnny T is in the house. Clive Lewis, who I had the pleasure of having a beer with on Saturday evening. Jonathan Perez, uh, Diak78, Stefano Jew, Mile High Charles, and that is the end. I can't see anybody else because I have to scroll down. And I'm not going to. Anyway. Uh, Sausage. Sausage. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, join them. Join the happy throng in the Mixler chat room. And then you too can post stuff which I may or may not allude to during the show. Uh, failing that, of course, you can tweet us at Chelsea Fancast during the show. And tell us what you think about the games, anything else on Chelsea. And, of course, that is where you get to vote on your Chelsea Fancast match awards. Now... Uh, after this wonderfully stolen bit of 70s TV tunage, I will start talking about the match. So, anyway, uh, Chelsea versus Bournemouth. Well, 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 well. I mean, I have to be honest with you people. that I, I, I had a pretty miserable morning. I, I did not feel like travelling up from Winchester to see the match, which is pretty crap, I know. I'm now going to be drummed out of all proper Chelsea ranks. Shame on you. Shame. I know. And then Shame. to Rip his buttons off. Cashier him. It's true. It's all true. Now, to compound things, what I'm really trying to allude to here is that I obviously had this sixth sense of doom. Throw him know. to the news. I know, I know. And then, and then to make it worse, I sat in a bloody A3 for an hour and a half longer than I was supposed to because somebody had crashed. And then I got out, and then I turned up, and I saw Marco at the stall. And, and I, by that time, I realised that I had done my back in. <laughs> so I'm in agony. I, I hadn't been able. I didn't need enough time to get horribly drunk, which would have really helped watch that match. I just had this. I clearly knew that there's some bad shit was going to go down, <laughs> you know. And funnily enough, I've titled this little bit "Shit Happens?" Question mark, which seemed very appropriate. But the first thing I would like to say is, I excuse me, bless you, Sarah, um, Bournemouth did a job on us, I think, but the thing that really annoys me most is deja vu, Marco. How many times, like I said in the intro, have we seen a side like Bournemouth turn up at Stamford Bridge this season, play with a very organised defence, and then do a smash and grab on us? I think the, the aura of invincibility and Fortress Stamford Bridge mm. is gone. It's gone, isn't it? It's gone. Yeah. There's no fear anymore. I, I just think, you know, there's there's nobody on that pitch. There was nobody on that pitch on Saturday, pulling the troops together. We went one nil down, heads dropped, shoulders sloped. There was nobody there like John Terry to say, right, we're one nil down. We're going to score two in the last yeah. ten minutes. Just didn't happen. Do you know what? It's really funny, isn't it? I, I I I love psychology and all of that, and I particularly love the psychology of football. And there are two things that really occurred to me during that match was, one, 
I knew that Bournemouth were going to mug us off 1-0. There was, you, just, you just knew it was going to happen. <laughs> at, at what point did well, you know Well, d- during the game, you know, when we kept on missing, or, you know, chance after chance yeah. after chance, I just thought, you know what, they're going to bloody... And I was sitting next to Darren because I moved at yeah. half-time. And I was like... Was he of, singing out of tune? He was. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. It was... What was there was some, one song he was singing in it and I just thought, Darren, don't. <laughs> anyway, so I had the different view than I normally do. So I could see all these charts. I just thought they're going to score. I know they are. And then when they did score, my immediate reaction was, oh, great. Okay, we're going to score two. We're still going to win this. <laughs> because that's what we've become accustomed I know, to. I know. And then after about five minutes, I just, well, three minutes, in fact, I just thought it ain't going to happen. I think probably it was when Traore came on and then missed the ball completely. And you thought, well, that's that. He's not going to yeah. be doing anything. Yeah. And then when you thought, actually, we can't go down the left flank because Baba is completely out of his depth. So what on earth did he pick him for? Rum Baba. My, yeah. my, 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 my blind faith in Chelsea has cost me dear in the fantasy football leagues that I run, which I've always historically done <laughs> rather well in. To be fair, so, you have, so, you have. so convinced was I that the light was at the end of the tunnel after... Um, nil-nil draw at Tottenham that I drafted Eden Hazard into my fantasy team because you thought after because 25 Sanchez games had got injured you know. captained him brought Zuma in at the back had William there in midfield what a fucking shambles that was <laughs> <laughs> I know can we say though that we did actually play we were completely all over them in the second half no, I mean, we did we, we had 44 we, like an match, they were 44, we had 44 tonight's a d- can can somebody yeah. keep us posted on the FA Cup? Oh, it's the... it's done by now, isn't it? Is it? Seven yeah, o'clock, it was, half, wasn't it? No, half seven, half, seven. It? half seven. We need to know who, that we've got Stoke away oh, again. I just think that every time we play at home now, irrespective of who we play, it's like a an FA Cup tie. But like from, from one where we lose. No, but like from the the seventies and eighties where or, where we'd play Wigan Athletic or ago. whatever. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Um, Clayton, I've got a question for you. Yes. Um, this is a question that has been asked uh, on every, you know, conceivable social media outlet. On every well, about him having minute. the same initials and Christian name as a former Manchester United player. Clayton Blackmore. Yeah. yeah, or the fact that was he a goalie? Really. He was he was shit, yeah. wasn't he, Clayton Blackmore? But he, well, he I don't know. I don't, do you don't think so? No, well, well I'll tell you. I, I did a job. No, I always I take issue with people who. So I'm going to take issue with you. Go on then, because I always I see you and I, I raise always, you, Marco. I always defend <laughs> people. Go so and so shit, and I think. Well, yeah, he's a professional footballer. He's a better footballer. Oh, than come I am. on! No, no, that's, no, no. That's I the know. Dave Johnson line. No, 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 Every I, time no, you no. coat anybody off a just <laughs> and, and you get, it's easy for you to say. Like, I tell you, what, I'll give you a pair of boots, and if you can see if you can do any I, better, I, I've spent, only a pair. I've spent the last thirty years defending my mate Dale Casper. <laughs> Top bloke, though. Yeah, yeah lovely, lovely fella. Bloke. Yeah. yeah, lovely bloke. Clayton, I'm still going to ask you this question, even though I'm going to disagree with Marco and say that I did think that Clayton Blackmore was shit. Even though a very good friend of mine at the time, I think I was at Sixth Form College, that's how long ago it was, he was a Man United fan and Clayton Blackmore was his hero. Okay. You know, as well as... There's a question in there. There is a question. Yes, the question. Thank you for, uh, you know, pulling me back in, as it were. Uh, Everybody has been asking this question. Why did we play with no striker against Bournemouth at home? 
I have absolutely no idea. I'd like to ask our manager that question. Uh, I think it's two things. One, he thought we did very well against Tottenham, but that was a completely mm. different game, completely different opponent. And two, he has about as much faith in Reme as you have in Clayton Blackmore. He, he just doesn't rate him because it was screaming out for a forward. If you got the arse with Costa, and we'll come on to Costa, I can't wait for that. That's why. I but mean, it, it was a ridiculous doesn't, selection. Doesn't that Clayton beget the question? Beget? <laughs> got all biblical. Why? why? Why did presumably Mourinho sanctioned it or asked for it? Why did they sign Loic Remy? What was the point yeah. of that? Because Loic Remy was <clears throat> signed, uh, and I'm not 100% sure who buys anybody these days. I think Loic Remy was signed because we had a decent striker and we wanted somebody to back him up. And he was going to be the and third striker. He did a fantastic he? job last season. Every time yeah. he came on, he scored. Um, He's, he's a bit like Flo, and I, I hate to sort of... No, uh, he's not, not as good no, as no, Tor no, Andre I'm just Flo. talking about the, the fact that whenever Tor Andre started Almost a game, on the 30th anniversary of... Oh, was it the 30th? It was, it was yesterday. The tw- no, the 20th. Was it yesterday? Anniversary of We Won 6-1. Six six we Won 6-1. But one of these strikers who always seems to be we much won, more six, effective one, as a we substitute. Won, six, one, we won 6-1. We won 6-1. Give it up, How many points? Only two, actually. But it was London Naga. Sorry, so in answer the Lager that old Jack used to drink. I have not, well, that, that's that's in answer to your question. We we had no strikers, and the only one who was fit and available and willing to play was somebody who Jose's got no faith in. Yeah, but I mean, He's you know, I, look, I agree with all of that, and in fact, actually. Um, Glenn Murray scored the bloody winner know, for Bournemouth. I know, well, Glenn Murray. You know, I mean, not look, a bad player. Not, not, a, bad not player. a bad player. You know, got, got all the skill, got all the craft. Yeah, crafty player. Was there? Was offside? You know, Courtois flapped at it. You think, what on earth is he doing? He had, it, there was a, there was actually a man standing on Courtois, trying to pre- actually prevented him from going for the ball. I think Courtois was probably asleep because he hadn't had anything to Co- do. Courtois with a whole Courtois nine foot three. Yeah, you should be able to get above it, the ball. Nine foot nine foot ten good. with yeah, his wasn't hair. Good at all. Yeah. Really, really not good. But um, that's I'm not blaming him for what happened on Saturday. I basically agree with you, mate. Uh, you know, number one, I, I was talking to Marco in the pub before, and I, I said, "Well, look, you know, what did I, you have to drink in the pub before?" London Lager. Lager. Just asking. But uh, uh, we should be sponsored by London Lager. I'm going to phone them up. So, oh, hey, you know, all these we mentions. mentioned you twenty oh, times exactly. But I do agree with you to a certain extent because I said there is a logic to that, which is that um, you know he Lager. played shush. He played some of it was true. <laughs> London Lager, diddly diddly. yeah. But the, do you know what I'm thinking? Uh, you remember the Strangler song? Which one? London Lady. Oh yeah, yeah. We could adopt that one or adapt that one. Look, the thing is, I agree with you basically, and in, in that you can see that Mourinho thought, okay. I played without a number nine against Tottenham. And actually, on another day, they might have scored two, three goals. It kind of, it almost worked. We said this on the show last week. played very well for the first 10 minutes. Yeah, you know, it kind of almost worked. And we're only playing Bournemouth, who've got the worst, even worse defence than we have. So actually, why don't I just play Hazard and Willian and uh, Pedro again? Because there's a good chance that any one of those three will score. Okay, so I think there is some logic in that, but, they but didn't it singularly didn't work. Tottenham. They did well. You can say <laughs> that, but I do find it. I do find it appalling that we have got ourselves into a situation where this so-called one of the best strikers in the world, Costa, 
you know, couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. And he will not trust Remy, who has scored goals for Chelsea in the past. I mean, what is so bad about Remy that know. he won't pick him against Bournemouth? The What's he is, done to Jota? No, but we've discussed this before. The problem with Remy is Remy is a certain type of striker, yes, and he doesn't in play in our system. He scores goals. He scored, that's yeah, why he's, he's not, he's our not our kind of striker. <laughs> no, but he plays, he plays well in a different system. And the one thing, and we'll come on to this, no doubt, is that Jose, at the moment, is just being incredibly inflexible. And everything that could go wrong is going wrong. But, I mean, the Costa thing is ridiculous. You've got a striker who doesn't want to be there. You, do, I mean, just talk about Costa's performance for a bit. Because, there wasn't one. There's well, nothing I mean, to talk you about. Know, uh, I know that you said on Saturday you thought, well, it might well, be yeah, somebody but, else. Yeah, you thought me, you did a right. Well, well no, 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 no. That's not what no, I said. No. That's not what I said. What I said was, I, I, you know, because I was desperately trying to find, to, to see a Diego Costa who didn't give a shit and wasn't trying, but I didn't see that. You know, and remember, I was a lot closer than I normally am because I was sitting with Darren at the front and of the obviously Matthew a lot Upper. more sober as well. And I was a lot more sober, <laughs> yes, indeed. But you know, I, I, he was he was putting in the effort. He was you know trying to score. There's no I, doubt about. He wasn't I, making he wasn't I making swift enough moves, and he was, he was out of position I, all the time. And he still came this. in from the left all the time. Yeah, but there's a difference between being shit and not giving a shit. And that's the point I'm yeah, making. I think, yeah, that's the trouble. I still, he, was, I think he was awful. I, is he still unfit? Well, I think possibly yeah, he is, but no, I agree but with but you that he nobody, was... There was nobody on that pitch telling him to man up and give a shit. Mm. And that's the problem this season with Chelsea. Last season, you know, I'm bored with telling people about this, but, you know, people say, well, what's the difference between Chelsea this season and last season? It's the same team, it's the same players... Except it isn't, because last season, John Terry played every single minute of every Premier League game yeah. and was a captain leader legend. Mm. And because of injury and, you know, at the end of the day, he's 35 today, you know, and he lacks that yard of pace and all of those things. Um, he's not there, but the the lack of succession planning at Chelsea means, you know, in, in the past, in, in the in the you know, as long as Abramovich has been at Chelsea, you know, Lampard and Terry, Frank Lampard and John Terry were at Chelsea before Abramovich came there. That that little spine of wanting to win, playing for Chelsea, putting that shirt on and getting out there and, you know, playing like it doing the business. something yeah. to play for Chelsea doesn't exist. Not mm. one of those players on that pitch... You know, uh, and and in spite of Ivanovic doing a, a passable impression of Steven Gerrard trying to win the league, you know that desperate shooting from you know, he's not a captain leader legend. I don't know. The biggest fear, forget losing to Bournemouth, forget where we finish this season. You fellas, tell me where is the next captain leader legend? Where is the next Frank Lampard? Well, Cahill would like to think where, it was him, I think. Where, is, where well, is the next clearly player Marco, it's who wants to play Clearly, Marco, it's got to be Chesk Fabregas. <laughs> <laughs> I th- you, you know, now you're talking about the ghosts of Christmas past. You, you, <laughs> make a, you make a superb point, Marco. You, you made it in the pub as well. It was, it was even better the second time, actually. London Lager. London Lager. But I'm going to pick up on that in part two. I, I think that it's, this is... 
I think the, the way you're going with that is it, this is part of a bigger problem and a bigger malaise, possibly. Um, I've, I've just invoked the, the word Fabregas, so I will continue with it. <laughs> he is absolutely shite. Now, I know before people moan at me and complain, that yes, I have admitted on every show we have done this season that I have a massive issue with the fact that he played for Arsenal and Barcelona. I am clearly biased. I know it. But the man at the moment is just a bag of shit. There is no other way of explaining it. You see, that's the kind of punditry you don't get on television, isn't Very it? Very true. He Very is true. a bag of shit, Clayton. Very there true. is no two ways about it. I said in the last podcast that I was here that I think Loftus-Cheek should come in and I got shouted down because he hasn't played well since he's been playing. My point is... <laughs> Sorry, he... mate. Bob Uzo has just said that's rough on shit. Yeah, well, that's fair or enough. Benny the Blue says bags of shit roll faster. I think he's, <laughs> uh, there's a theme here. But the, but the point is, he cannot do any worse than Fabregas. He'll give us some energy. He'll give us some I give a shit because he has been at Chelsea since he was a kid. And he can't do any worse. And by playing and getting minutes, he's going to get better. Mm. Or we'll say at the end of the season, you're not good enough, see you. But... We had that argument about they've got to be world-class, the young players, and they have. But this season's down the toilet. So the best thing that we can get out of this season is blooding young players, from, from my perspective. I'm going to pick up on this on, in part two okay. a lot, but I, I, but, I, but, I, I, I but take your going point. Going back to Fabregas, <clears throat> Fabregas is great when nobody touches him, when nobody pressures him. But everybody knows, apart from Arsene, who's obviously too pig-headed to do anything... That that's what you do, and when you do, you, you get him out of the game. You nick mm. the ball off him. He never gets just, it back. Or you just moment. bypass him like Bournemouth did. There was a terrible moment when he, when he was um, running back. It was the corner, wasn't and, it? And he, he ran back. Corner, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he actually looked as if he was wearing buckets on his, on that, his feet. That, ultimately, that so wasn't his slowly. fault. That, that was no, there wasn't. No, but he, laying off an appalling it, it, ball. But yes. yes, the point is, he was. It, he was. He has his speed as just non-existent. Um, wh- why the hell does Mourinho keep picking him, Jonathan, where there are people who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest well, who know that Fabregas is playing like shit? I think it's, it's who can play in his place, I think, as Clayton has just said. Mikel, I, I, I Remy. books on the Amazon uh, rainforest. Uh, are, they as, are they as creative? <laughs> But does it matter? He's after the creativity. But he he has created bookies. But here's the thing: yeah, but he 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 persists in playing Fabregas in the deep lying, uh, you know, midfielder role. Uh, I hesitate to say the double pivot, but he plays him there. So he's not playing him in the number ten role. So you know, does it matter that you play somebody who who is not creative? We've got you know, William Hazard, Pedro, whoever. They're, They're creative. You know, does it matter? Perhaps he I hoped. mean, the, the bigger problem is... I mean, actually, herein lies the problem with Chelsea. We can't defend and we can't bloody score. But, but so, I, actually, well, you I know... Mean, I think, I mean, at the end of the day... Both of the problems are associated with Fabregas. That's the point I'm well, making. Well, no, the, the problem's associated with Jose Mourinho, oh. who, who week in, week out, picks the team. He picks the best starting eleven that he believes can go out to do a job. But... You know, there doesn't look, there doesn't appear to be. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how he does it. You know, the chalkboard. Right, here are your instructions, lads. Go out, do this. This is this is what we need to do to break Bournemouth down. They've conceded eighteen goals away from home this season, more goals than any other team in the Premier League. 
we're going to beat them by five, six or seven today. This is what you need to do. So referee blows <laughs> oh, shit. referee blows the whistle to start the game and what happens? The, the, it all the, goes to shit. But it just doesn't look saying. it just yeah. doesn't look like there's a plan. You know, can, it's like you can't say something. Can I say something I, I, I didn't think we played very badly at the weekend. <gasps> I'm sorry. I thought we actually played very oh, well. We didn't score. Oh, I know. I know. Get in. Know. Get in. Sorry. News flash. Breaking news. Chelsea at home to either Leighton Orient or Scunthorpe. Fucking hell. That's us out. I'd quite fancy Leighton Orient. That'd be quite. That'd actually, be quite actually, that could be an opportune moment to bring little Misty Blue to her first yeah. Chelsea game. Yeah. Because it's her birthday yeah. in yeah. January. But you don't want to see a loss, though, do you? No, actually. And you have to yeah. be careful no. taking her at all this Do you know season. what? It kind of reminds me of something. That, I think that... we're going to win the cup. Yeah? Great. Will that save our season? I don't think so. Remember it. Okay. Well, I, you know I've already got money on us winning the Champions League. Mm. You know why, don't you? Because <laughs> in 2012, we were playing like shit. Chelsea won the... Uh, Chelsea Fancast won the Football Blogging Awards. And Chelsea Football Club won the Champions League. Anything is possible at Chelsea. So in 2015, the same thing so will happen. So never get too despondent. Well, right. hang on it, but talking about not getting despondent, because you were picking up on this a second ago, but I, there is another bit... I know you want to talk about that later on, don't well, you? Well, no, but I'm going to talk about it now. Okay, I, I, we're, going on to it. Oh, we're going on to it now. I, I'm just we? wondering. I mean, actually, do you know what? Just a quick aside. I, I, I kind of read between the lines of your exactly. tweet earlier on, and I actually warned Marco about this in the pub. I said, Jonathan's going to be coming in here with his mouth frothing with rage and anger. But you've actually probably been the most reasonable person around the table so far. Well, it depends what angle you want to take. I actually thought the game was really entertaining because Bournemouth didn't defend for the first half. They actually played really mm. well. Well, they had the advantage of the wind. But um, I, I, I didn't. At the first 10 minutes, we were fantastic. I thought William was completely on fire for the yeah. first 10 minutes. As he, has, played, been as he has been But yeah. we played, we, we should have scored three goals and once again we can't score. Yeah. In the second half, they didn't do anything but defend. Yeah. And we had, and what we, have, we had 40, and oh, why the referee only added four minutes because on at the end? Because the fucking referees are well, more. Why didn't he stop them from, every time there was an injury, the bloke was I just know, down below I me, got the, got the drinks and put them down on beside the touchline. And they all I had know. a team meeting. I know. Third, fourth, fourth official didn't But you know what? It. We've done that before. In the, oh, we have, I agree. So I, 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 you, we can't cut, cutting at straws. But, but we had 44 crosses in the, in the second half. Apparently, at the moment, we are sixth in the list of teams in the Premier League making chances but we are, te- we are we are only putting 10% of them away so we're right down at the bottom for that but we are therefore we are making the chances and it is all to me it is all down to not having a striker mm. if we had anybody decent there at all we wouldn't be having these conversations because they would have beat they'd have blown Bournemouth away they absolutely dominated the second half complete what do they have 68% possession and, they, and, they were excellent and all they said, did was had the one, one they had one attack and got the corner and scored. Well, and like you, when they had that one attack, which was somebody booting the ball down the pitch as usual and running after it very quickly, I thought I thought they'll score from this. I was I, th- I knew they'd score as well. It was just absolutely on the cards. But the media then go for them and say, "Say, isn't it fantastic? You played so wonderfully well." They didn't. They, in the second half, they didn't have a leg to stand on, and we played well. We just can't score. Do you know what, mate? I have to say. Um... I don't know why I shut you up so much. Sometimes you talk all sorts of fantastic sense, you know. But in all seriousness, absolutely spot on. And this is the point that I wanted to make because I think I think our perspective gets massively clouded by our huge, huge disappointment. And oh, completely. No, no word of a lie. I mean, I was not in a fantastic mood, as Mark will testify to you, before the game. 
But I was really fed up afterwards. And I think it was a lot of it was because I had generally thought that we'd turned a corner uh, over the last few weeks. Although, as Dan said on the show the other week, don't forget, Chidge, we've been playing a few pub teams. But well, I really—that's that's the problem. You know, it, was, it was still a lower. It was, as you said the other day, it was two teams playing uh, Clayton. It was two teams playing when we played Villa and when we played um, who was the other team we played? That we oh, played? Norwich. 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 They're all and, they're uh, all McCarby. they're all down there as uh, yeah. Maccabi as well. But I'd be intrigued to see what happens on Wednesday. Well, I know uh, well, because would you, it wouldn't surprise me if they put in a performance. If can the, I if can I tell make one point? Terribly yes. Back, will yes. Yeah. I I don't disagree greatly with what Jonathan said, but. <laughs> The one. <laughs> so you, you and I have both seen Andy Silverman's post drug test for J.K. No, 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 I think, I, I think what I think what he said made made a huge amount of sense, and he's a hundred percent correct. Apart from the fact is that we didn't create any chances. We no, we, we did create chances, Clayton. Okay, we did. all right. How many saves did Boric have to make well, in the second okay. half? Well, I think, I think for we, me, get, we get into semantics. A, I, no, I know what you mean. it's not semantics. Yes, it is semantics. You create a chance, and a chance means that somebody shoots at the goal, and either the goalkeeper saves it, or it's supposed, or we just miss it, well, or we score. What about the example when Ivanovic was through for the first? And he, instead of he played that ball across the penalty area, and everybody missed it because he hit it too hard. But there was nobody there, and where was Costa? So, Costa so was out on the wing. So that as usual. wasn't a chance. No, but, because... but, but yeah, but it is a chance to the extent that they should have scored from it because it there should have been somebody on the end. It's a chance to create a chance. All right, right. I think, I think, I, to be, all right. Marco, go on. No, no, I was just going to say. I mean, from my vantage point, which is level with the eighteen-yard box line at the Matthew Harding end in the first half. All I saw was shambolic defending and six or seven world-class saves from Courtois. Mm, mm. You know, no, there weren't. There were two. Well, it was a very, very low one down. Well, to his two. Left. That was okay. Fantastic. Two, two, and then the other one when he came up. Yeah, but that that that, that only happened in a I brief period I in the mean, first I, half. They, they were completely. They just defended in the second. No, half. I, I think you're right. I think we started off really well, and then for about twenty minutes, I think Bournemouth completely outplayed us. They walked through our defence. They did. They did with that pace. Times, they did. They did. And they looked fairly decent. And, I, and, and when when the first half ended, but, I was I was absolutely. Okay, look, but then we had it with them as well because we did the same thing. Because yeah. I remember thinking, God, they're attacking. But, but, we're attacking. I mean, yeah. we're attacking. I, we're attacking. I, I think that all, all of that just stems back now to the the aura of invincibility and fortress Stamford bridge all of that is gone whereas teams like bournemouth previously in the premier league would have shrunk would, would come presence. would come to Stamford bridge and it'd be right it's a damage limitation exercise how many keep keeping yeah. down to two or three and we've come away and we've done a good job now they think fuck that yeah we can let's win go, this let's we go for it that, i actually thought that when they were wasting time, I thought, "What are you doing? Why are you wasting time? You got three you three points here if you try." Mm. Right. Let me just kind of try and pull this together a bit before we move on uh, to part two. But uh, the, the point that I was trying to make a minute ago was this: was that quite rightly, I, I, the, the mood for Chelsea supporters on, on on Saturday evening was pretty desperate. I think people were really cross, really fed up, really angry. I alluded to the point that a lot of it, I think, was to do with the fact that. I had generally thought that we were turning a corner and suddenly I realised, oh, we haven't. But actually, on another day, and I'm trying to bring a bit of perspective into this, on another day, you know, we wouldn't have been mugged off. We would have got the rub of the green because remember the goal was offside and we could have had a penalty. And, and we did control most of that game and had, okay, I, I accept that there's a lot of chatter on, on, on Mixler about whether we created chances or not. 
And it is an interesting point. I think Clayton's got a point. You know, we didn't create any clear-cut chances, but actually we were quite close to creating some chances. Had we had a decent striker in the box, he might have been able to get on the end of it. You know, so the the point is that there is a bit of perspective in here. Is that, And actually, do you know what? Of all the people in the world, and I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but I read Paddy Barclay's piece in The Standard uh, this morning through yeah, Twitter. Paddy Barkley, and he absolutely hates Chelsea. But do you know what? He wrote an article which had a massive perspective on there, and he said much the same thing. He said that we pretty much controlled that game. If we'd have had the rub of the green on another day, we would have absolutely annihilated Bournemouth. But the way that it's going for us at the moment, we didn't. So I just really trying to bring a bit of perspective in here. Are things really as bad as it feels? And that's the point. It felt fucking terrible. On Saturday night, no two words of, uh, about it. But actually, is it really that bad? I mean, we're not getting the results. We're not getting the rub of the green. Eight, is eight, it really that bad? Eight, yes. eight, eight Premier League defeats from 15 games tells you all you need to know. Yeah. Something's not right there. No. You know, that that is not right. That You've got a collection of players there. And I'm sure the stats are out there about the value of Chelsea's team, the squad, the infrastructure... All of that and the eight teams that have, you know, City aside, but we've been tamed, we've been beaten by teams that know how to beat Chelsea and the reason they know how to beat Chelsea is there's no backbone to that team anymore. Mm. There's no spine, there's no confidence, um, there's no desire, there's not one player on that pitch. I'm repeating myself here because I said this earlier. I don't believe any of those players on that pitch that shirt on in that changing room in the dressing room before they went on and went I'm proud I to play for Chelsea I can't agree with you at all Marco I can't agree with you no no I don't think so at all on the on the last two performances I think they played they played well I just think that they that things aren't going no, for them and they haven't between, got a striker there's a difference between playing well and a difference between wanting to play for Chelsea football did that did it happen last year though that they wanted to is that what happened last year they wanted to play I said before you know Terry played every minute of every Premier League game last season and he he galvanised that team he instills that belief in playing for Chelsea football I I agree with you and he gets hold of Branislav Ivanovic and he says right you Serbian you're a warrior you're with me and Branner played every minute of every Premier League game last season and was you know, fantastic two, two or three people like that and you bring everyone else mm. forget that nonsense that Costa nonsense about I go into battle and you come with me you know at the end of the day he's a thug you know I'm mm. sorry um, he's not he's, even a very good he's, thug he's, he's, yeah I mean but isn't it awful know, that our, our, and he's our not appreciation of him has disappeared player. isn't it you know, we're, I, we're, we don't like him anymore now in, we, in, lo- we loved him in 20 years now we don't time, like him in 20 years time when somebody says you know, who were the proper Chelsea players? You won't count Diego Costa mm. in there. Would you have counted him at the end of last season, though? Probably. Maybe. But, no, but, but what happened this one, season, not on, on this one season. season. But on this season, no, we wouldn't. No, because, you know... You, His contribution in the annals it, of Chelsea history would be no greater than George Weyers. Well, he's, I mean, he's... You know, his Think head's gone. It. You've got 11 players no, on the pitch. much more than George Weyers. So if one of them... George Weyers scored a last-minute goal against Tottenham to make us win. I rest my case. Yeah, but also he... he, he, he and, and he was also the... Uh, he was one the, of the oldest players playing, wasn't he? was he? also a World Football of the Year, yeah. and he also stood for election as Prime Minister in Liberia. What yeah. has Diego Costa done? I don't think he's likely to become exactly. a politician. I rest my case. No, but I, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, is that um, I, 
I know what you're saying about the passion, Mark, and I, and, and I, I agree with you about that. But I think that um, uh, the, the, several of the performances haven't been bad. They just haven't been able to, somehow they haven't been able to, to get over this but at, the aspect of, of scoring. It's at, something at else. What point, at what point? I know, I, point? I agree. You need to say now. But that's what I'd get on to. Yeah. I actually think you have to say, uh, what is it, 8 out of 15 isn't good enough. What point do you say, actually, you've got to go now, Mourinho? Well, well, do you know what? We're going to get into this into part two much in, in a, in a much yeah. bigger way. And I have to say that um, you lot are on fire tonight, I've got to say. Fantastic. Now, I'm going to ruin it all because we're in the middle of this fantastic dialogue and debate. Yes, what are you going to um, do? I'm going to ruin it all by introducing the Chelsea Fancast Match Awards. Uh, now, I have absolutely not a Scooby tonight. William, 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 and William. Right, you lot out there in Mixler. End, end of, end of, end of you lot show. out there in Mixler, it's, this is all on you tonight because I have no nominations at all apart from for the salary <coughs> moment. So I'm going to start with the salary moment. My nominations for salary moment, we all know what salary moment is, don't we? A moment of proper Chelsea or very silliness. And that is Super Jock being pissed at half-time. <laughs> Super Jock Finiston, who I used to love. and I, tick, I remember singing Super see, Jock. See, Super Jock Finiston. Scored more goals than that he, wanker Stanley Bowles. He, la, 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 la. But playing for Chelsea <laughs> meant something did, to that and fella. and still does. And you could tell that at half-time. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, forget the fact that, you know, he'd obviously been enjoying himself you know, in the hospitality areas. Oh, but that, yeah. that is spirit, you know. De- definitely, about 80% proof, why did, he, why did he get sold to Sheffield United for 100000 I don't know. That's a very good question. I don't know the answer. Because he was playing so well for Chelsea at the time. Have you got an, an answer That's probably that, why. Yeah, possibly, well, yeah. That's because they, they wanted to the dodge, the did they? took yeah. the money. Anyway, we, we, we are way over, so let me just rattle through this. Super jock for his, his uh, half-time performance, which was fantastic and cheered me up no end. Um, and also Trumpet Gate. I think that Trumpet Gate needs needs to be uh, mentioned. I'm not quite sure why, but I am going to mention it. But there was apparently some random bloke in the shed upper who was literally blowing his own trumpet, and the stewards took massive, massive offence, and it caused a bit of a Trumpet Gate, f- uh, you know, Ferrari. Oh, it's like Glenn with his rattle in the. Uh, Matthew oh, Hardy yeah, up yeah, there. yes, That's yes, gone, I, yeah, it? I remember that. Well, the th- the not allowed to enjoy yourself no, at football. It's considered Sit a weapon. Down. But the it's thing is, is that they don't have to impose rules like that. They just have to let us watch the game at the moment if they don't want us to enjoy ourselves. Oh, clever. You know, but clever. anyway, Trumpet Gate, the highlights being bloke blowing a trumpet, you either love it or you hate it. The Stewart's overreaction, the fact that the Chelsea supporters in the shut up are absolutely rounded on the Stewart and coaches him off. I mean, there are so many elements of this that we could like and vote for as a salary moment, mm. but I put it out there for you lot. Now, here we go. Here's the other stuff, which I absolutely have no flaming idea with at all. And I will not put any vote on tonight on Twitter unless you lot tell me what to vote for. It's a free nomination. Uh, man of the match. I'd love to know what you think for that. William uh, and William. You're thinking William and William and yeah. possibly I'm William. I'm thinking um, the other way around. William and William. Okay. Ah, okay and maybe sorry. William yeah. Marco? It's hard. Can no, you can you can we find any anybody else to nominate? If we had eleven Williams this oh. season, we'd, number we'd one right. is well, William. Why not? Number two He's is the only William, who, who's been trying consistently in every game. They're all saying William, but we need somebody to vote against. So I might just put somebody up that's Costa, completely stupid, like Costa, yeah. like Triore. Oh, 
You know, just for his corner. Oh, Poor old God, you can't. I yeah, mean, but I felt sorry oh, for that. Very oh, much so. God. Very much Excuse so. me. Put it on the bloke. Courtois, Dylan Hughes, you, you legend. That's a very good shout, actually, because Courtois did play quite well. Although the fact Apart, apart from... Probably letting the goal in, giving, giving them the goal. <laughs> but no, he did make some some really good saves. First to be start, fair, yeah. and we'll have a mull over that in the break. Uh, chant of the match. Well, again, I, I don't remember any of note, so please nominate that. Otherwise, it won't get in. Oh, there was an ironic chant of Fabregas's magic. Where's his fucking magic? Hat? <laughs> That's quite funny. <laughs> uh, and of course, the Guinness moment. Again, I don't remember any moments of sublime skill or anything. I was just too depressed watching the game, really. So, if you if you William don't nominate, those, they won't go up. Thing. Yeah, no, no, that thing when he did that, that leg thing yeah, at the, the beginning. Yeah, 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 very good. Yeah, I, I, well, I noted uh, that. Who did the nutmeg? William, no, it wasn't. It was a kind of leg thing where he waggles his leg and pushes the ball to the left and then goes around the player. William had a waggle dance. Yeah, waggle, waggled his bits. William should just win them all. I wouldn't even have a vote. Just well, I don't know. I mean, you know, including the I, I'll think about well. it in the break, which is going to come up uh, right now. We will see you in part two. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Okay, welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I have to say, uh, it was a very rowdy and elongated part one. Passions were running high, but there was an awful lot of sense being talked. And I kind of had a feeling that tonight, you know, with Marco, Jonathan, and Clayton on the show, a lot of sense would be talked. Now, you know, I think hopefully we've we've got our kind of, you know, spat our dummies out enough in part one, which is really what it's for. Part two is for a little bit more kind of in-depth analysis about what is going on, the bigger questions, the bigger issues. And the first one I'm going to really uh, kick off with is, is it the players or is it the manager? And I think there are a lot of issues that, that I'm thinking of here, you know, when I when I put this all together this afternoon. And one is that... You know, I, I get the feeling that jo- Jose's been far too loyal to some of the players, Fabregas, and, and has blanked too many of the others, Remy, which we kind of talked about in part one. But also, you know, for somebody who we know is, a, is as good a manager as he is, where where's the tactical acumen gone? You know, that seems to have disappeared. The other thing that occurred to me putting this together is, um, are the, I mean, you know, are the players actually good enough? I mean, it, it, it kind of occurred to me... So they were last year, you mean any more? Well, they were good enough last yes. year, which is why I'm... Okay, here's a question for you, Jonathan. Matic last year, one of the best players in the league. Matic this year, irrespective of whether you can you can blame Fabregas for the fact, and, and Ivanovic for the fact that Matic has to do so much work... But when he when when they when you know when it, when it had nothing to do with that when he was on the ball when he was foraging forward he looked abject. Well, there there is that the, the burnt out theory has been discussed, hasn't there? Which in actual fact they he's only twenty three. No, 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 no only for this season because of last season they actually performed above themselves and they were so they they he, he knackered them and he apparently he's done this in very seasons seasons there, there is, has, hasn't yeah. he, Mourinho? The third season is always his. His poor season. I think there is a teams. school of thought with Mourinho that he's like the jockey in the derby. Too much whipping, yeah, he, whipping yeah, the yeah. horse, and he pushes them, and they push, um, and they, they've started this season just yeah. absolutely exhausted. 
and they haven't been able to to, to maintain any kind of, uh, of 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 upping of the energy. I mean, it's it's. I've been mean, looking at last season in in the run in to the title last season. We weren't playing brilliant. No, we weren't. Well, the whole of the but, second after the Spurs game, he deliberately but, did that. Business but we of were getting results, and they, they, it was they, enough to get over the line because yeah, yeah. the other teams weren't quite at the races. Um, but the, the the fall off has been spectacular. But I, th- I also think we have to pay attention to the fact that the, the role that Drogba played at the end of last season was actually brilliant. Well, I, I think there might be there might be more to that than just what the role that Drogba played um, on, the, on pitch the pitch and off the pitch played. as well. No, I agree yeah, in both ways. Like Absolutely, kind of the tub thumping. But, come on, we're Chelsea. But also, he was an extra striker who, perf- yeah. he, even though even though he didn't perform at his best, he was still he still held the ball up. And was talismanic. Whereas the the decision for me to buy Falcao was absolutely crucial uh, to the d- awful disintegration of the season. I mean, I mean, Falcao, a desperately awful decision. Falcao was a Mourinho vanity vanity project, project absolutely. Yeah, so, but the very fact he's injured again, and the very fact that as you say, he won't play Remy. And you if, know, but, if your but, main uh, central striker is Costa, who we've discussed before, what we didn't think was going to perform from the end of last season because he was injured, and the refs would get at him, as we've discussed mm. on this program before. They, they didn't. They haven't got a striker if he's not going to play Remy. So why, therefore, didn't they have a go with Bamford, who was the best player in the champ- championship? Well, I'm, I'm not convinced about Solanke, having seen him several times last season. I think Bamford is a much, much better player, but he's still not the same kind of player that that Costa should be. The, mm. that that kind Can of aggressive centre forward. Sorry, I've pushed off. The no, no, no. There. That that's that, that's absolutely fine. Um, I mean, Mark Mark in his, uh, you know, I don't know if you don't know if it was in your piece actually because I didn't read it this week, but I, I certainly noticed what you put on Twitter and Facebook. But I mean, Mark and in the pub when we were having a couple of pints of London, London Lager. Lager. Uh, but you mentioned the fight and the passion. You mentioned it in part one as well, Mark. But I mean, Clayton, do you think do you think we've got a an issue with a lack of fight and passion? I mean, it was quite alarming how their heads dropped when we went one nil down. And 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 it, I'll tell you what's really occurred to me, um, just in the kind of the, the the bigger scheme of things, is that you know Chelsea have managed to put off the whole transition of this uh, Jose Mark one side for years and years and years, and we've kind of gaffer taped it up around the edges, and we've still done really well and won lots of trophies. But the reality is, is that we've lost Czech, Drogba, Lampard, Ashley Cole, basically the the best spine that we've ever seen in Chelsea's history, ever. And none of them have been replaced. And now it's coming home to roost. And I think that's being uh, articulated by a a distinct lack of passion and fight for for the badge and the shirt. What do you think? I do think that I think that that I did read your piece and I agree. I I think we have lost a lot of heart and we've lost the spine, um, and it hasn't been replaced. And maybe it hasn't been replaced because of we've had so many different managers. Now we're trying to address that by keeping <laughs> a manager. Uh, oh, the irony! But one of the other things that I think is is frightening is the fact that, and perhaps it is the fact we haven't got the players. Is that Jose used to be so innovative? He used to he used to play teams. He used to pick a team to play another team. That that's what set him apart from other managers like Arsene. Arsene would always play the same team. It didn't matter. He never looked to the opposition. It didn't matter. He played his thing. 
Whereas Jose used to play different teams for different opposition. He knew exactly what he was doing. And, you know, you thought the Tottenham game, hello, he's got his mojo back. Mm. That was... Because yeah. the one thing about... You say about thinking we turned the corner. And, I, and, and we did play two crap teams, but we played Tottenham. And the one thing for me, that when we played them is we look like a team again. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I was great. really encouraged by the fact, you know... Okay, I, thought, I thought the light was yeah. at the end of the time. I thought, you know what? The players are listening to him again. shining a torch. The players... It? Because no, it was the, the Bournemouth the, team coach coming <laughs> the other way. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the thing about that we had so much discord with the players and Jose and, and all the, you know, that culminated in that bloody awful Gary Richardson thing... Um, and I thought that was a real sea change. I thought, hello, they're listening to him again. But the thing I found so sad on Saturday, apart from absolutely everything and no crisps at the Christmas party, <laughs> uh, <laughs> was the fact that is that poor. That's very poor. That poor, very poor. When poor. Bournemouth scored, Jose called the substitutes to bring them on. And he had to wait. A manager of his stature had to wait until we'd let a goal in at home to Bournemouth before he changed things to get us a goal. And I just thought that that was, you know, a lot of people came out of that ground on, on Saturday. A lot of people who have really been behind Jose and have really stood up for him. I know, I know what you... I, know I think you know, the, mood say, the mood has shifted I think, to be, to be honest with you... I think yeah. that team selection on when, Saturday when did we him were no at the, Well, exactly. When we were at the stall, and I can't remember who it was. There's always... I can't remember who it is. There's always somebody... Who, I think it's Jason Marco, if he's listening. He's always... Charlie Chuckles. Yeah, he, he calls... He has the information. He's the first one to provide the team information. And we were like, what? Yeah. What is... You know, but why did he not play as, as Piliqueta? I don't get that. Why well, did he play that, Baba? Baba no is strike, so completely all of out those of his questions. Depth. And then, you know, as Clayton is saying there, in the past, Mourinho, with his alchemy, is the double substitution that mm. transforms the mm. game brilliantly. That's but gone. I think he can't deal with it, though. And he was thinking that they're, they're all over them. They will score. And he was thinking they'll score at some stage, or perhaps he was going to be happy with nil-nil. I don't know. I, I think he well, that, he is he is he isn't coping. I know, but he that's isn't coping. I don't think Mourinho is coping. I, I, I actually I actually think with Mourinho, what is showing now is the fact that he never played professional football at any kind of level at all, and he doesn't understand what a player goes through when things aren't aren't happening but to be fair to him he's never been in a position before but he's not he, he all he's ever been used to is being on a in platform control. a yeah, platform but, of success and it's easy but why not because he's always made it work he's, he's never had the he whole has, team playing but exactly, badly and that's he's my, always had odd players that's playing my point. badly that's my point he's never been in a position where you know you look at Alec Ferguson, right? And he had that wobble at United, which everybody talks about. But he didn't have about. a wobble. He started appallingly. Well, he did, but they persevered with yeah. him. But, he never had a wobble after that. he had an interesting career as a footballer. He was a, he was a decent footballer. He wasn't a genius footballer. No, but he was he a decent footballer. He plied his trade. Yeah. You know, he just plied his trade as a footballer. Mm. 
And I, I just think what's showing now is Mourinho can't empathise with his players. It's easy, it's easy to go, we're, we're the best, we're great, look at us, we're the champions well, of I, England, I think, we're I think, the FA Cup winners. You know, we're all those things... You know, we we are. Well, 14, hang on. I, th- I think I think what you're table. saying, what you're saying, Marco, is is a fascinating point, and it's actually it, it's not one that I've heard before, uh, and and for that I welcome it. But I think he may well have a point, because, um, you know, everything that Jose has been able to do, he's been kind of like the the best FIFA 16 player ever. You know, he's been in, around he's him. been in complete yeah, control, exactly. complete control, and he's. He didn't do he's that also, when he was I mean, at Porto, I think, I, I, I think, exactly. I Not when he, he was at Porto. Is he, did he want the treble no, no, at Porto? No, but they weren't, they weren't the great players, though. He, he made the team into, into But he, Look, the bottom line is is that he's a, he is a fantastic man-manager. He uses an awful lot of psychology to do what he does. And it's all right when it goes swimmingly well. But sometimes you hit a wall where things just don't work like they're supposed to be working. And that is exactly what we've got now. And I think Marco's got a point. I think if you've been there as a player, if you've actually had to go through that... You probably understand the mentality of what what's going on with these players better if you've played the game than if you haven't. And I mean, maybe that's. But what what is you he, know what is he saying? What is he saying? Well, he's he probably gets, saying the same things he that gets, he's always said, but it's not get, working anymore. He, get, he gets those guys in Monday. I mean, there was that thing, wasn't there, last week? There was there was, there was that story about. I mean that 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 even led me even more to believe that we were going to whip. Bournemouth on Saturday when there was the story about the team building session you know they were at the the nightclub in London uh, you know 25 of them were out and they all came in for training the next day and you think yeah 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 you know we look good against Tottenham the guys are all out there enjoying themselves they're coming back they're, they're, they're fighting as a team and then that happens so it's like so Mourinho gets the guys in for training this morning what what is he saying to his players, what is he telling them? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't well, know. You know but what, what is he I, telling I, t- them? I tell you what. I he's, ha- not, he's not. What he's not telling them. I can tell you what he's not telling me. He's not telling them. You know, when I was playing for Port Vale in the third division, you know, and we, we were fighting for re-election or whatever. He's, yeah, but he, Marco, he, here's he another cannot, thing. He to cannot. Say that here's another thing. If, if if Mourinho was was saying to this bunch of players. When I was playing for Port Vale in the third division and we were fighting against relegation, they'd all laugh at him okay. because they wouldn't take it seriously. And I think just to, just to kind of bring this forward a bit, you know, one of the things that I wonder about what's going on at the moment, and we, we touched on this a minute ago when we said that there's a, a distinct lack of, of spine and, and basically balls in this team and people who care for playing for Chelsea. Which I don't, I don't well, agree with it's, it's I don't know if it's right or wrong. No, I put it out there. I don't agree. I'm, it's I a theory. It. It's a theory. But, you know, i just wondering, in the 10 years since Mourinho was at, was at Chelsea, you know, in the first incarnation, the game has moved on significantly. We all know that the power rests with the players and their agents. We all know that they're millionaires, stroke billionaires. We all know that it's all about winning trophies for them and playing for the biggest clubs and getting the, more, the most money that they can. I'm just wondering if what we're suffering from and what Jose is suffering from is an inability to manage players who are the embodiment of modern footballers, as in 
you know, you can imagine. I mean, I don't know if this is happening or not, but you can imagine if it starts to get a bit sticky, Costa's going to be on the phone to his agent. You know what? Fuck this. I can't be asked here. But that goes. Let, take that, me back to a letter game with Jordan Hazard. Goes, you know, get. Uh, but that goes you know, back. Take me to Real Madrid. That, that, that goes back. You, you, can't, you can't imagine Frank or Drogba or, te- or John Terry doing that. But that goes back to that whole point about what it means to those guys to put that shirt on and play for Chelsea Football mm. Club. And I know those days have long gone, you know, from when Alan Hudson used to live across the road and and all of those kinds of things. But you always felt, you know, with Lampard and Terry there as a nucleus of that side, that they could tell, they could instill that belief in playing for Chelsea Football Club for every player that came through the door and all the players that were signed you know, the first thing they did, they sat down with Lampard and Terry. They could see what was going on. You know, this is what it means but to play for Chelsea. The idea is you're saying it's that they don't care. Well, I, 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 get, I get the impression they do care I, and they just don't actually know what to do because it's not working for them. Well, I didn't get the impression from that second half performance that they weren't caring. I got the impression that they were really caring and trying their bollocks off and they couldn't know, do it. I don't know. I'm sorry, that was the way I, I, I viewed I, it. I agree this whole thing about the spine and which is why the Tottenham game was so interesting is because they actually play for each other and they look like a team you know they're all working and they're working hard but this thing about our spine and having those players that care I agree wholeheartedly you can't lose those four guys and not replace them with anybody and and just reproduce what we had before but, 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 but no no but what I'm going to say is if you look around the league okay and I'm, and you look at the other teams where are their John Terry's? Where are their Frank Lampard's? You know, you look at Stoke on Saturday and how well they played. You know, you've got average players who a lot of them wouldn't they're get not, into They're, they're not average no, no, no. players. What I'm though, saying, they? No, they're not compared to what we're playing at the moment. But you think about and how they're playing at the moment. We've just lost something. I don't know whether it's the manager. I don't know if it's the players. I don't know what's going on. But something is, is, is not right. I wonder if it's as simple as belief. Well, of course, you know, it, yeah, I mean, it's not simple. I mean, because, that, that is true. I they, mean, ha- they've forgotten how to win. But, you know, I think all of us are, are in bewilderment and have been for most of the season because we look at the squad that we've got and at the end of the day, they won the, the league last year and, and, and the League Cup, that they are quality players. There is no doubt about that. And I think a lot of the frustration that we have about what's going on and, and if you compare it to the days when we really were shit is that we saw players then who didn't have an, uh, you know, an ounce of the talent that the squad that we have now. Or but at least, at least they. Yeah. But no, but I think actually, to be fair, they tried. They were just absolutely rubbish. But you know, we look at the team now, and they are quality. So what the hell is going wrong? And maybe you know, the one, th- the one thing that is a real great equaliser in, in in life, let alone football, is is what goes on upstairs in your noodle. And if that if that lot don't have belief. You know that can reduce them to the to the abject shit that we're seeing a lot but of the time. I, I, I still repeat myself again. But I still believe, or I do believe now, that this season, more than any other season since Abramovich came to Chelsea, you know, that that air of invincibility mm. has gone, and teams play Chelsea now. They have a different mindset. Yeah, they think they can win. You know, their manager, whoever that manager is, Eddie Howe, said to his Bournemouth players, 
It wasn't a damage limitation exercise. Mm-hmm. So look, guys, I know we've conceded more more goals away from home than any other team in the Premier League this season, but we're playing Chelsea today and their heart's not in it. You know, if we can get a goal, their heads will drop. Because there's that, no fight. And, that, and keep yeah. going, lads, because as long as this game's nil-nil and we can score a goal, we'll win. And that's what exactly what happened. And I'd, I'd you know, how would you get that back? Well, I, I don't know. that's the next question. I was going to say, Clayton, I mean, you know, where, where on earth do we go from here? Is it is it getting rid of loads of players? Is it getting new players in? Is it ripping it up at starting again? Is it bringing in the youth? Is it getting rid of Jose? Is it changing the style? I mean, what? where do we go from here, Clayton? Well, we, we've said many times on the podcast that one of the biggest problems we had is that we didn't restock at the beginning of the season. Mm. And there's a lot... It was very flat at the start of the season with nobody... I know Pedro came in, but... In hindsight, Pedro was not... I mean, apart from taking him from Manchester United, it, Pedro wasn't actually the sort of player we needed. We needed a bulldozer in midfield. We needed somebody who was going to take the game by the scruff of his neck. Which, well, we needed a Stones-like central yeah. defender. Chidge! JK! In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live, <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We needed a Pogba-like midfielder and we actually probably, without realising it, well, we certainly need a better backup to Costa than Remy and Falcao. Exactly, and the whole lift that that gives the club. So... The fact that Jose hasn't been sacked um, leads me to think that he's going to be there at Christmas and they're going to go out and buy him some players and then we'll see what happens after that because I think the whole thing about belief, you, you bring in a couple of decent players, but my great fear is who the hell's going to want to come to us? I mean, I know it's all about money and what have you, but if you're not going to be playing Champions League next year, what sort of quality of players are you well, going to get in? Well, you we, can entice somebody with a huge... Oh, of course you can. So and we, do, you, we can. you know, at the end of the day, the the only champ. Well, we'll know after Wednesday, won't we? But the only Champions League route that will be shut off 
probably with certainty, is finishing in the top four. But there is still a chance of winning the Champions League and stranger things have happened. So I, I, or, go, I, or going out on Wednesday and then winning the Europa exactly. League. Exactly. So, you know, there is, there is a slight carrot there to dangle in front of other players. I mean, the other, the other thing that, that, that occurs to me, I mean, do you know what? i tell you what was fascinating, Jonathan, this weekend. And um, two very interesting things happened, as far as I could see. One was that I, I absolutely saw uh, quite a shift uh, from... I mean, I know it's only social media and Twitter, and there is no real barometer, but I, I detected a shift in terms of the support for Mourinho, as in it lessened. A lot more people saying, we've had enough, get him out. I think both, both right, Mourinho and just, Costa. Just, just hang on a minute, yeah. but yeah, yeah. The other thing that I thought was even more exciting and interesting was the fact that suddenly the press all got behind Mourinho. Sunday supplement, they're all saying, no, 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 we don't want him to go. You know we why that to, is, yeah, though, I don't you? Pay, yeah, clickbait. Pay. But it, Paddy Barkley, don't get rid of him. Alex Ferguson. They have nothing to write about. Yeah, but Alex Ferguson doesn't have anything to write about. And he was sitting there saying, don't get rid of him. He's one of the best so, managers. So suddenly, said, don't, don't there, was a, the there was manager. a sea change in the supporters, but a sea change in, let's call it the media, with a capital M, all saying, no, 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 don't let him go. Now, you know, let's, let's bring this back in and focus on, on what we're all about. And I did talk to Marco about this in the pub before, and as everybody knows who listens to the show, the best podcast is the one that happens in the pub that I don't record. Um, but uh, we were talking... Yeah, sorry guys. Well, you can all, you're welcome. Nobody's stopping you from turning up earlier. Can you not, can you not record it? Take yeah, a little recorder fine. in. Rob, the play little snatches I will. Of it. I promise so I will. That'll be good. I will yeah, do take it. Your recorder I will do it from next. Because we can get the pub atmos as well. We can, we'll do it from next week. Yeah, okay, yeah. I promise. Thank you. Then you would have had you would have had a little bit of additional footage of Mark and Marco and I trying desperately to pay, to for, pay our beer, for our beer, and our money wasn't accepted, was it? Yeah, it's very bizarre. We could have walked out. Is that because you're both characters? Characters. characters, 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 yes. and yes. yes. comedy. Yes, and you and you go in the pub, and they say, "Hello, it's those two." Blokes. I do. Do you They're know what? In for of, all, of all of your myriad of uh, Charlie chuckles with a flat cap, exactly. <laughs> but of all of your myriad of characters, characters, characters. Uh, my favourite one is in fact your Chomley Warner type character from the Ealing days. I do like, like, you that. like I do, that. I do, one, I do like that. Oh, thank you yes. very much. A kind of slightly clipped Ealing yes, accent, yes, which yes. we all like. And you have all the A's become E's. And what was that wonderful film that I always forget? I can't remember. Were you in the Lavender Hill mob? Uh, my dad was. I could, there we go. Boom. Every time. You see, it's, it's, this is the thing. I can fire something <laughs> random at you. Yeah, but my dad was. You know, you know, you know I'm, this is completely aside. I don't care. That is I, a great I, film, It actually. is, isn't it? Yeah. I can riff. This is the great thing about the show. I can riff wherever I like. He's actually edited out of The it. only person that I know who knows you... I mean, knows me intimately. No, no, no. Everybody that I know who knows you knows Careful. you because you're you, right? The only person that I've met who knows you because he says, oh, that's Sam Kidd's son... Is my dad? Fantastic. You know when we met at the cricket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "Oh yes, that's Sam Kidd's son." Yeah, and yeah. I just thought, how lovely, because everybody else that I know, who, who you would have thought would go, because you know your dad was very famous, he was a great actor, would go, obviously Sam. No, everybody that I know who knows you, yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, it's that yeah. wanker Jonathan Kidd. Wasn't that? Oh yeah, wasn't his dad something? Oh, I can't remember. Only my dad goes. Oh well, of course, yes, I remember him. That's Sam Kidd. Jonathan Kidd and the Pirates. Uh, I phoned the uh, the HMRC the other day. Did you really? a discussion about my my my, my, my tax <laughs> really? because they wanted to find me, and some and some bloke said, "Well, you know." 
Eeyore. He said, one minute. He said, can I just speak? He said, are you related to Sam, kid, by any chance? Because Eeyore's are some tax uh, as well. And, uh, no, <laughs> that would have been good, wouldn't it? No, my dad got done by the tax Did office. Really? Yeah, well, he completely. was an actor. Was he was. And, I said, and, and he went, this one went, oh, and I said, yes, it was my father. Oh, well, that's mar- marvellous. Sailed through. What I wanted to do. <laughs> no problem. He said, let me just look up your form. Yeah, no problem at all. No tax to pay. Don't worry. No problem. No fine. No fine. No problem. Fantastic. Oh, what a joy to meet you. Wow. Oh, wow. Was he... Which part of Wales was he from? Oh, very, clever. Oh. very clever. You Castle United! Right, now, getting back to the point, and this is the point. Uh, Marco and I were talking about, and we actually have named the programme Be Careful What You Wish For. A lot of people getting, getting their knickers in a twist about getting rid of Jose. Uh, the press aren't. Um, my point was this, was that, you know, fine. Okay, it's all gone to shit somewhat. There doesn't seem to be any way out whatsoever. I have said on this show all season... If we get rid of Jose tomorrow, I will guarantee you wherever he goes next, he will win a trophy. He will come back and haunt us. But the other thing, really, is that who would we put in, or who would our wonderful, who who would the wonderful board and leaders of our club, who know so much about football, like Bruce, <laughs> you know, and Marina, and Eugene Tannenbaum, these these great bastions of football knowledge, who would they put in place instead of Mourinho? Yes, the short list would be Pep Guardiola. No, Ooh. thank you. No, but no way is he going Simeone. Horrible. Capello. No. Capello, for yeah. God's sake. Yeah. Oh, but the, the worst, before. the worst and the most likely, because I have good information on this, Brendan Rogers. You know, you could end up, people out there who are... Ne- I'm sorry, I'm sorry getting back to you. Uh, yes, the, we, could end up with, we could end up with Brendan, Brendan He's Rogers. He's one of our own. Yeah. I mean, you know, so be very, very, very... You know, when you, when you throw your dummy out of the... Or toys out of the pram, you spit your dummy out of your mouth and you well, shit your nappy. Out, out and you be very careful what you of, wish out for. Out of all of that horrible, horrible, murky horribleness... It's horrible, there, isn't it? The, the, only, the only thing that would resonate... A little bit with me would be if they said, Do you know what? Let's get Stevie Clark and Zola in and cheer up the fans to the end of the season. And then and we'd, take be in it the, from in there. The, uh, we'd be in the championship. Bah! I'm very disappointed. Mourinho's going to be here. He's not going anywhere. Well, I was really encouraged I, by the fact you said you, you reckon, you both reckon he'll be here until. Mourinho uh, will be yeah. the Chelsea manager. He, he would have gone by now. If he yeah. was going anywhere, he would have gone by now. I hope so. Because, however. Having said that, mind though, you, mind having, you. Having said well, that, though. One at a time. One at a time. If, 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 if this was a corporation and it was the CEO who was performing as badly as this, he'd yeah, be out. Of course he, he would. Instantly. No, and that, if, that's if what worries was, me. That's what worries me. Chelsea manager, he yeah. and performing this. Well, that's very true. I, think, I, I mean, I do. I, I do actually. I do genuinely think this time, though, more than I mean, any other time. Well, no, this no, time, yeah. I, did, I didn't actually. When, <laughs> when there was all that nonsense going on in in September, <laughs> when we lost the when we lost the three league games on the spin. Yeah, uh, I didn't think he was going to get the sack, but I do, I do think that. If we don't get a result against Porto and then lose to Leicester, to Leicester no, on no, Monday, no, I, 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 I just—you just don't think he can I, survive that. I, you know, I mean, I, I don't think it's the right thing, but you know, I mean, you, you have to put that into some kind of well, context. Been, we, we thought they were going to be—he was going to be sacked earlier on in the season for all those. Well, losses, I know, so and, and any other any other Chelsea manager yeah, would have gone would have been, by indeed, indeed. No, indeed. but pers- personally, I I didn't think. It was. The, it would have been the right thing to have sacked him when a lot of people were clamouring for his head back then. <laughs> the press were. That is the most catty yeah, thing I've seen yeah, on the Chelsea yeah. fancast Mixler page for at least a year and a half. Of CFC unofficial Debs 
Chidge laughing at his own jokes, someone has to, I suppose. I suppose that's what you call blowing your own trumpet, Debs. Don't talk about trumpets. No. But, but we're talking about Rogers going in. The very fact that any 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 board that would have appointed the fat Spanish waiter and not having any any idea what the effect would have on the supporters is likely to make that kind of, yeah. of dreadful well, dreadful appointment if I, they do get rid of it. I just wanted to pick up, I think it was your point, but I mean, th- th- this is what we have to take account it's of. Absolutely. Is absolutely. that, you know, this is not a football club anymore. It is a business and it's run by people who don't have any interest whatsoever in a long-term plan. You know, you go you go around the FTSE 100 and most of the chief executives at those companies... But do, do, do you actually believe that, that about... Abramovich. No, I don't believe that about Abramovich, and I agree that it's that him that makes the calls. But if you go to any of the FTSE, FTSE 100 companies, most chief executives' life expectancy is three to five years, so they make short-term decisions. And the short-term decisions are based upon how much money they can make and how their arse is covered. And our board are no different, because they know that in five years' time they probably won't be there. Look at Ron Gawley, classic case in point. So they will make short-term decisions based on their own self-interest, which is to keep their feet warm under the desk. So if it's in their interest to get rid of Jose and, and, and hire some pillock like Brendan Rogers, or, for example, in recent history, the fat Spanish waiter, that's what they'll do. And, yet it and might all it, hang on a minute. Carlo, Carlo, Carlo. All it takes is for enough of them on the board to persuade the people that we think have the influence, Marina, who is, as we know, Jose's biggest advocate, and eventually Roman, and it will happen. Because that's how business works, and it's a business—it's a business entity, not a football club anymore. Well, if all this does implode, uh, I know because he's bankrolling the uh, the um, arena. Will they put the whole business of trying to make the books balance out of the window? Do you think? No, and I don't. And no, they'll well. and they'll just splurge money at players to 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 get a whole new bunch of players in if this doesn't work. Do you, do you, think do you, do you know what? Do you know what I think? Half the problem is Jonathan, and this is—I'm really glad you mentioned that. I think half the problem that we've got—we're in the mess that we're in. Because they've tried to play the whole FFP balance the books game, and what they've done, hang on, what they've done is that they've they've they brought in shit players, and we we talked about it in part one. They haven't replaced some of the icons that we've had, some of the greatest players we've ever had at this club. They've not replaced them. Just curious point that the the speed at which it's happened as as well, it worries me because it's Tottenham but I thought I thought it was I, I thought I thought it was I'm worried already more no no I just, I just thought it was like fantastically hilarious how Tottenham squandered whatever it was 80 90 million that they got for Gareth Bale when was that two years ago they sold him mm. yeah I mean they, they, they just all the players they, they, they just that wasted that money and and achieved nothing, and yet, you know, Pochettino's gone in there, and all of a sudden, there's like there's youngsters who, if they were at Chelsea, you know, Dele Alli would be on loan at Vitesse what, Arnhem. What, yeah, they would. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But what, right. what I'm You're saying right. is yeah, that yeah. The, the, the speed that that has that has happened quite quick. You know, I mean, it, it grieves me, but. What they are doing there is the right thing. And it's what, you know, Abramovich must be thinking, you know, I've ploughed billions, I've ploughed millions into the academy and all those arguments about... that, definitely. Yeah, all those arguments about the youth 
and there's still no real progression there. You know, I don't... Yeah, but why, I, why not then, Marco? Because they're but, there. Why don't we give them a chance? Well, ex- I don't know. Is, that, is it Mourinho not wanting to? Maybe, maybe. You look at what Pochettino did at Southampton. Yeah. You know, all those players he brought well, through. Well, look what he's doing at Spurs. The, the, well, that, that's my point. Yeah. That no, is I'm my point. You, you know, you. all those youngsters wouldn't be anywhere near the Chelsea first team. I mean, but, Harry Kane might, but, you know, my point well, is... Harry Kane wasn't at Spurs at all. In fact, you could argue no, that no, Harry Kane broke into so Spurs, Spurs. My, my, my point, purely by luck. My point is that Spurs threw a lot of money at yeah, a lot of yeah. players and, and screwed money. up. Yeah. Liverpool have done the same With thing Suarez. twice. Yeah. Yeah. Even though Brendan Rodgers, the great uh, creator no, no, of youth teams, you know. But, but you know, I, I don't know what Klopp's going to achieve at Liverpool. He seems like a decent manager. Good manager. Yeah. Um, Certainly very enthusiastic. But, you know, what what a lot of people would dearly love to see at Chelsea is, you know, the next John, that, that spine mm. coming through. But I'd like to know what happens in, in training. I'd like to know what happens on the training ground as to why none of these players then make it into the first But they're not team. there, are but, they? They're, they're all on loan at Vitesse Arnhem. They're are there. Why, but, I mean, why, at, why doesn't Tri- Traore make it when he had a very good pre-season two seasons ago? Why Why has, has, has Loftus-Cheek come on and played really in, uh, uh, averagely when he, when he has been given the opportunity? They are scared. They're, they're scared of scared. dealing with, with the whole big situation. They are scared of screwing up. Look at Hazard in the last away game. Was it uh, in in Europe against Tel Aviv? He played a, a, a dreadful ball, and he got hauled off. He got the hook. You know these guys. No, no, he, you got, look at, he got hauled off for not following that player back for the corner. Whatever he didn't yeah. do, he got hauled off. Yeah. And you should never take Hazard off. You know he's our best player. You shouldn't take him off. Okay, if he's appalling in a game, then yeah, you got to judge it game by game. But he wasn't appalling in Tel Aviv. He really wasn't. And you look at. All these young players, they come in, they are absolutely terrified. The one time this season that two of our youth players have come on with no fear and they obviously were given some sort of instruction, right, go for it, was when we played Palace at home. Loftus-Cheek and Kennedy. Kennedy came on for yeah, the last 20 well, minutes. We bought Kennedy were... in the summer. He's not, he's no, not no, a no, product but, of the no, youth. But he's young. Time, is no, he? but he's oh, young. Yeah, yeah. He was being given his chance. But yeah. the point point I'm trying to make is is that these guys when they come on it's like Traore came on seven minutes in a complete no win <laughs> situation and looked like a complete donkey he's not he's a decent player yeah. these guys every Chelsea manager has has lived in fear for their job which is why they don't take any risks with young players yeah, that's a great jo- point Jose has now got it looks like hopefully he's got them saying fine You've Whatever got the happens, job. You've got You're the job. not going anywhere because he would have gone by now. Let just two, then two go on, seconds, go on. So, as I said earlier on, if that is the case, then there are these guys who we can bring through. Give them a go. We're not hopefully not going down, but we're not going to get anywhere. I mean, Christensen, Callas. Well, I've got a list here, mate. Yeah, go, you on know, then. The, go on. I mean, here's the thing. Just to yeah. just to round up what you are saying, Clay, and I agree with you, and I think that you know. It, it would be lovely to know from the club. I mean, it would be lovely for one of them to come out and say, okay, we've really fucked up. This season has gone down the shitter. But we're not going to get rid of Jose Mourinho because we think we, we think he is the best manager in the world and we want him here for a long time to build a legacy. We've ploughed billions into an academy to develop these great, great youth players that are winning everything at their own level and we want them to be brought through. But here's the thing. 
I don't think it's a question of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So there's no point just like bringing eight youth players in because we'll get relegated. We really will. Yeah, but you don't. But yeah, hang we still on. might get relegated. But there are, we are. I mean, you know, you could integrate quite happily into that side. Kennedy, Loftus Cheek, right now, they look like players to me. I, I haven't seen enough of Troy and Enya and Masonda really, but why not? We've seen, for example, talking about the guys that are on loan at the moment. Christensen is is is, is man of the match against yeah, Bayern Munich. Exactly. The, the uh, I saw some stat uh, the other day that they've not lost with him playing at central defence when he's not been playing for them. They've lost every game or they've not won. Uh, Callas, I thought when he came in against Liverpool that time, a massive, massive match. Yeah, looked, looked brilliant. Fantastic. Nathan Ake always looked fairly decent when he came on. So there's three, starring for Watford. There's five or six that you could bring in, and that's not even mentioning Chaloba, who's highly rated. But you could bring in four, five, six of these players, not all at the same time, but give them some game time. But, but uh, I th- j- just to highlight where I think the root of the problem is. I take on board all the stuff about the, the the pressure and all of that, but somewhere deep in Mourinho's mindset, there, there is a, a lack of faith or patience or whatever it is. You know, you look at the young players that have been at Chelsea um, who have been wheeled out very quickly. Lukaku. Who didn't want to be here. Didn't want to. Why? Why didn't he want to be here? Because the manager didn't want him. Kevin De Bruyne. You know, what are these guys doing? We don't the, know. We don't know. What, are these, don't know. what are these players doing now? Starring for their clubs. What, yeah, what that, are they that, doing? Mate, I can't argue with Wan, that. Juan Mata was moved out of Chelsea because he didn't play the Mourinho way. And we then progressed well, through... Uh, Quadrado, Salah. Yeah. Who, no, who I, is I can't, do, who I can't argue with that. You know? I can't argue with that. So, I mean, would you, if you want to have a luxury player, Marco, would you rather have Chess Fabregas or Juan Mata? But why, there was no reason to get rid of. I mean, you know, well, that's Juan, my point. Juan Mata that doesn't play the way you Marino. get rid. Of, yeah, but that's my point. You get rid of Juan Mata because you say he can't run and he can't defend. Yeah, and, and then he's a bit of a luxury player. Players who and you don't replace him with a player who can't run and you can't defend. No, not one, but how oh, many? Yeah. yeah, I know. You know what is it? Fifty-seven players. Look, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, not least because I'm absolutely dying for a piss. Imagine um, if we had Sturridge <laughs> because you had the London Lager. <laughs> it's because of the London Lager. But I think I think you know. There's a lot of people going around saying, oh, kick, kick them all out, just play all the youth. And, I, and what I'm really trying to say is that, you know, I think if you can accept that Jose is going to stay for the long term, if you can accept that we've got some good young players, then bring a few of them in. You don't have to, I mean, do you know what? Do you know what? Okay, right. Do you know what the uh, final point? You know what the, the, the backbone of our side could be? Because we do actually have some good players. Who I Zuma! Believe. Yeah, okay. Courtois. Courtois. Zuma. Decent player. Aspie. Gary Cahill. Now, people knock him a lot. Well, you say Aspie's a decent player, but he was dropped on well, Saturday. Uh, yeah, all right. Was he dropped? He just, I think he but you know, what I'm, I'm, I'm not talking did. about the here and now. I'm talking about the fact that you could, you, there is a team to build upon with some youth. I agree. Courtois, Aspie, Cahill, Zuma. Do it, JT then. for this year to shepherd them. Ramirez does a job. Mikel does a job. William, Hazard, Begovic, Costa possibly. I don't know. Matic, Costa Matic, Matic and As Oscar are the only question marks. But the bottom line is you could get rid of a lot of the people that we think are make weights and aren't doing the business and still have a, a decent 
uh, foundation of a side to I, add some of the youth to I think you should be the Chelsea manager I, think I am available and for a much let much uh, reduced salary than Jose Mourinho <laughs> I think there's a fear I'd do it for free Marco the fear is do everybody else for free I, I think he Sorry, thinks Michael. they're going to come good because he can't believe it. I yeah. honestly I think, think there was a point Matic to that. last year, we, as, as was said on Mix, we only won the league six months ago. Matic was brilliant. So the, the descent up, into being up until average. Burnley. Up until, yeah. Okay, when up was Burnley? Until Burnley. Then he was, then he, yeah, stru- then he struggled a good a bit. Point, did, yeah. he, did he get knackered? No, but he got, no, he got sent off. Sent off for tackling somebody. Sorry, that's right. That's right. Of course he did. Right, I love you both to pieces, but I have got. I have got to go to part three because I am so dying for a piece. (laughs) I'm there. I am going to wee myself. London Lager is trying to escape. A little bit of wee is going to come out anyway. After 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 Chidge's loo break, uh, we will be talking to uh, some bloke called Mark Worrell about his latest novel, This Damnation, plus. Yeah, Mark's checking the script to see if it's true. <laughs> Plus, other Gate 17 titles available for very nice Christmas presents for Chelsea <laughs> people. Uh, and we're also hopefully going to have a quick chat with Marco about his love of Chelsea. We will see you in a second. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Football Okay, welcome back. Uh, I am Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. I have to say, it's been very passionate tonight. Yes. A lot of, you know, more passionate on the pitch. Chidge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've let us go off. I like piece. To disagree with that, actually. <laughs> I've let us go off piece. I've not. I've not. You know, assiduously stuck to the script. I've just let us go where the chat. Led us, and I think it was all the better for that. Anyway, this is going to be very much on script because uh, I'm delighted, as always, to have uh, the wonderful, wonderful Mark Worrell. Uh, Mark Gate 17, the artful dodger, London Lager Worrell. Now red wine. Now red wine. Uh, because, you know, awesome. apart from the fact that Mark is an absolutely superb bloke, he's also an incredibly talented writer <laughs> and uh, I've been saying this on the show for the last few weeks and he hasn't been here but I'll say it when he is here but I was incredibly I mean I really was flattered that you asked me to write a review of your new novel in CFC UK and as my wife said to you when I introduced you to her earlier on that I was in a flap the entire weekend having to write this article because <laughs> unlike the usual shit I turn out for DJ <laughs> I actually felt I had to do a good job so there we go Anyway, uh, Mark has written a new book. It's his second novel. It's called This Damnation. And I, for one, can absolutely vouch for the fact that it is an absolute cracker of a book. Cracker. You're too kind. I know, but I mean every word of it. Now, the hit, the thing is, Mark, first up, uh, what was the idea for, for said book? Uh, well, the, 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 the way the book turned out sort of owes a lot in part to a, a weird Chelsea meeting. As they often do. <laughs> As they often are. <laughs> Because a long time ago, I had the idea for the book, um, which, which is kind of focused on three three generations of people who live in southwest London who happen to support Chelsea because of geography more than anything else, um, who, who fight for crown and country. And that, that just stemmed from some meetings that me and my dear departed pal Solari had mm. out in Goa. Um, with, with some people who'd fought for crown and country, uh, and I, I've, I had the germ of an idea there, but it wasn't until 
um, several years later where I was stood freezing my knackers off on the CFC UK stall and a fella came up to me and said, would you be interested in selling this T-shirt? And and it was this fantastic T-shirt which had the Chelsea Lion um, straddling a liver bird, thrusting... Um, the 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 staff through the liver bird's heart and underneath it said I walk alone, and I said <laughs> yeah and I said is that what you do you design t-shirts and he said no I work in the film business, and I said well that's interesting because I got this idea for this film, so anyway we this this is a fella called Russell Di Rosario who's a Chelsea season ticket holder and this was about I think well my daughter's six so this was before she was born, um, so we set about writing this screenplay. Um, which I think you actually read the I first did. version of. I did, and I thought I was... Yeah. I, was, I also, at the time, was yeah. working in the film business, and I was yeah. massively impressed with it. So so basically what happened over a period of five years, we just set out to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite mm. and rewrite and rewrite. And then I decided I was going to write a book based on the, the, the final version of the screenplay... Um, and at the same time, we were going to make a short film, which we did three weeks ago. Um, so all, all of all of those things, it's, it's not really the normal way. No, not at all. Sort of a book evolves, yeah. but um, the premise of the film, or not the premise, but the idea was we wanted to make a film that we would want to go and see, mm. where something happens uh, every five minutes that maybe has things that are interesting to people um, from all walks of life, from all generations. Um, so that's why the book kind of covers this huge uh, sort of period of time. And from a Chelsea perspective, um, you know, it, it goes back to St George's Day, 1955, which is the day Chelsea won, won the league. league for the first time. So... Mm you kind of like get to meet some of these characters and the, the the story starts to evolve. And then, you know, from a Chelsea perspective, there's kind of that thread of Chelsea all the way through um, from from that period to uh, 2006, mm. um, which is kind of like the glue that binds yeah. the, the story together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, essentially, it's just a story about the futility of war is a story about friendships, a story about um, what can happen to people uh, when people don't care, when there's no support network there, um, when people fall foul of the law, go to prison. There's a, there's a whole stack of different um, emotions in there, um, which I've tried to hold together with things that I enjoy in life, so music references, mm. um, the football, obviously, uh, and and just sort of real time events. You know, one of the one of the, I mean, there are many things that I love about this book. I mean, you know, I, I would have read it anyway, but my usual pace for reading a book of three hundred pages is about a year usually. You know, so I, I it was quite an achievement for me to read this in about a week. <laughs> Um, but one of the, there's so many things struck me about this. I mean, one one of them was that, uh, you know, it's a bit like um, Saving Private Ryan, which I think of all the films that I've seen, and mm. like you, I, I love military history and all of that. Yeah. And, 
But in terms of, I mean, I remember when I used to work in marketing and, and, and films and TV and all the rest of it, they, they always used to say you have to start with a big bang and grab people's attention. And the way the mm. book starts when it focuses mm. on what happened in the Falklands yeah. absolutely grabs you by the box. Yeah. yeah. But then it kind of slows down a bit. Yeah. You know, and you start kind of, it's kind of like it seeps. Yeah. You know, it, it, it puts out tentacles into yeah. all sorts of interesting things. Yeah. And then you get quite mellow and comfortable with it, and you're getting all interested in, oh, you know, 1955, yeah. winning the league and all yeah, that. Yeah. And then suddenly it just ramps up, and you're on a roller coaster yeah. for the, I would say, the second half of the book. Now, I don't know whether that's just because I had to literally read the last yeah. half of it in, in, in almost one go, which for me is unheard of, or it really is like that. But you, I, I had a real uh, feeling that you were just dragged along, kind of almost screaming and kicking towards the end. And, it, and, the, and, the, and, the, and I won't reveal the twist, obviously, <laughs> at the end. But the, the twist at the end, you just, you just think, I mean, you do go, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> and, and it's, just, it's a cracking, cracking read, Mark, I have to say. Oh, cheers. Aye. But the other thing that really uh, fascinated me about it, and I, and, and I think a lot of this is, is helped by the fact that I, I know you very well. Um, but, you know, anybody who knows Mark from his previous books, from, from his Chelsea stuff, and, you know, just having a, a few chats with him on the stool, there's a bit for all of us in there. There are links, there are names of people that you know, there's the Chelsea stuff going through, there's yeah. the humour, there's the music as well. Yeah. And I mean, that obviously resonated with me with the Godfathers yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So it, it, it's, it's brilliantly done. There's a lot of in-jokes and in-humour there that yeah. kind of exist outside the actual context of the novel itself, yeah. which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, you know, when you write something, you kind of you push it out to the people that sort of know you and people who, for whom like a lot of those things will resonate with. But, you know, like the in jokes sort of like the, I mean, when I write stuff, basically if I'm writing characters and I don't have a name for them, (laughs) (laughs) then you give them very silly names. No, no, I don't. Basically what happens is if I, if I've been in the company of some people that day, I'll just use their names. (laughs) And as you know, clearly that was a bad day, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way it evolves. And, and, you know, it mean it. That's that kind of stuff means something to some people, but it won't mean anything to somebody else who doesn't know who Tim Rolls or David Chidgey are. I, I need, I need, <laughs> I need to, I need, I really do need to put this in some sort of context. But when Mark gave me the book to review, uh, and, and as always, I was delighted that he'd, he'd signed it with a little inscription on it. But when I started to read it, I got a bit freaked out. In fact, that that is the only way to put it. Because Mark wrote Chidge, hope you enjoy this, and particularly your cameo as a Soho 60s gangster. <laughs> and I thought, what is he going on? But uh, without spoiling it for people, I am featured together with Tim Sausage Rolls as a Soho 60s gangster, <laughs> which is somewhat implausible, but I'm nevertheless flattered. Um, uh, here's a good question for you. I mean, are, are you pleased with it, how it's come out? Yeah, I think essentially the the idea behind the book... It was always a bit more about the film than mm. the book. So, um, as I said, uh, beginning of November, we shot what is effectively a page. It was, it's like a pivotal moment in the book. Um, we filmed over a period of a week um, the, 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 the sets of scenes which, which 
you know, we had Kerry, Kerry Dixon had just come out of prison. Um, he, he rang, which I thought was absolutely not. I, I wrote, I'd forgotten I'd written to him <laughs> when he was in prison. And he rang me up to just to say thank you for writing to him in prison. And I said, well, what, what are you up to? And he said, well, nothing on board at the moment. I said, well, do you fancy coming down and with Kim, like his girlfriend, and being an extra in what we're doing next week? We're just filming this stuff in Wilsdon Working Men's Club. And he said, yeah, so he came down. And, you know, we we had him there, and we had, like, this punk supergroup that we created. Yeah, so, yeah, go on. Paul, Paul, Paul Jones out the Sex Pistols on the drums. Paul Cook. Sorry, yeah, Paul Cook. Um, Tony James uh, from Generation, Generation X. X on bass. And um, what's that other band he was Zig, in? Zig Zig Sputnik. Zig yeah. Zig Sputnik. Yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom Spencer, who plays in the professionals with Paul Cook yeah. at the moment, but yeah. has played with yeah. with the men they couldn't hang. And, the and, men they couldn't and, hang? Yeah, and, really? one, and, and wonderfully, we had Vic Goddard from the subway so set on, on no vocals. Way. And um, I, I mean, I can't, can't tell you which tune they did but no, 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 it's like a tune with pathos which at the end by the they started my started off miming to it and by the end of the day they had all the equipment there by the end of the day they were they were playing the tune themselves and right the very last take they played the tune and at the end they went one two three four and kicked into this punk version of it which no was way. Which was exceptional. So the the whole the whole concept and the whole idea behind everything that we've been doing regarding this book is to get the feature film made. Mm. So all the guys, uh, Russell, there's a you know there's a whole crew, film crew of amazing people who have um, associations with Chelsea Football Club. They're either season ticket holders. Um, or you know they're, they're fans, or you know like Paul Cook's a Chelsea mm. supporter. Um, so all, all of that, really, the whole idea behind getting the book out is to create enough interest for somebody to say, "Do you know what, guys? You you guys deserve to get to make the film." The best thing of all, Marco, is you have the rights already. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with regards to that, but as as far as as far as the the book's concerned, you know, from a research point of view, I mean, I, I try to push myself mm. as a writer just to, from a historical perspective, mm. get all that factual stuff, which was slightly off off center, not obvious stuff to write about, um, get that right, and then you know, try and put a decent story around it with some in- interesting characters. Can I ask Mark a question? I'm only a third of the way through the book. What happens in the end? No, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, is there any colouring in? No, that's a joke that somebody on there used. Um, what, I was gonna say, what, what is interesting is that how difficult was it to find the, the research for the local stuff, the, where, you know, where, where were the characters living, sort of where they were uh, working, going and drinking yeah. and all the rest of it? Was that... Because you write about a church, couple of churches as well, don't you? Yeah, I mean, actually, it wasn't that hard, but that's because I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I've got a group of friends who are quite a bit older than me, um, who, are, who are in their seventies. I'm going to a lot of seventieth birthday parties at the moment, um, and there's a fella called Keith who I sort of call my dad, but he's not. Um, there's a group of guys who they're all Chelsea supporters, and they all lived in. Uh, Batsy, Clapham, you know, all, all these places. 
and, and they are just a wonderful source for anecdotal stories. You know, they will sit there with a drink and just tell you mm. what it was like to be in Keys Boxing Club in mm. Battersea, mm. you know, in the 50s, what it was like yeah. to watch Chelsea in the 50s, all that granular detail mm. that, that just doesn't exist you know, Almost it's not, very experiential. That, yeah, I mean, it's not you know, written down yeah, anywhere. Exactly. Um, you know, it's the same with, you know, the the, the military stuff. Um, you know, a lot of that came from some First experiences hand. of talking yeah. to people. Um, and I, I, you know, it's, there's a lot of information now that's out there online that a writer can tap into. Yeah. Um, and I tried to avoid all of that. Yeah. Because um, what I tried to do with this book is to make it interesting that people would read it and go, I didn't know that. Mm. You know, there's some of like the weird boxing stuff. Um, you know, it's all true that, that the you know, the Battersea blacksmith and all. It's just like weird stories. Mm. And I don't really know that much about mm. boxing, but a couple of my friends are really into it. So the weird stuff about the guy who went to fight Rocky Marciano, yeah. you know, that it's happened. like, yeah, it all happened. Um, and people reading it, you know, will either read it and go, oh, it's all made up, or people who sort of, oh, yeah, actually, that's true. Um, you know, that, that that kind of stuff, I mean, it's quite tough to do, but I have, I am fortunate that I've got a group of friends who kind of lived through all of that. Mm. Um and they, yeah, I mean, they know they they, they were all at the the book launch, you know. They, they there love some characters there. Yeah, I mean, they sure. they love the fact that 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 their memories mm. are kind of encapsulated. Um, it's a, that's a lovely thing, you know. What it kind of makes me think. I mean, uh, you, first of all, I mean, you're absolutely right. The detail, the historical detail, in there is is, is superb. But as I said, I think it has a, it does have an experiential quality. It, it doesn't feel or sound like it's researched. It it feels like it's been lived. Mm. And, that, and, that, and that really does bring it to life. And I, I mean, the, the one, the one thing that I can uh, kind of, re, you know, the one thing that resonates with me with that is I had a few mates that went out to the Falklands yeah. War, and I, I've had first-hand stories yeah. recounted to me of what it was yeah. like. And 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 you know, I, I heard similar stories of you know the kind of stuff that you've written about, which is mm. not what you read in the history books mm. or in the documentaries, and it's fascinating. But it really does bring that area to life. And I mean, you know, Sarah, her, her family, you know, grew up in Battersea. And, mm. you know, it, the thing that I'm really trying to get to is that the way you've written that book, and, and particularly in the historical uh, kind of sense of it, it, it is like the, the, the kind of time honored tradition of, of, of passing down stories generation by yeah. generation. Yeah. Which, of course, is how it always used to be done. And I think yeah. you, you've kind of rekindled a bit of that in this novel. And it's a, that's a lovely thing, I think. Cheers. <laughs> I've read it in speechless, folks. That was the, no, but it has, and it, it, yeah. story, that that is the art of storytelling. Yeah, I it mean, it's passing that 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 knowledge and that detail down. Yeah, I you mean, know, it you comes know, across I mean, it, like that. At the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, I, I got into writing because I was getting into too much mischief, doing other kinds of things, and you know, it was just like if you if you're writing, you're not doing other things. Mm. Um, so the devil more, makes work, and all well, that. exactly. And you know, I, the more I got into it, you know, and sort of like uh, John King, you know, who's kind of like I wouldn't say he's a mentor, but you know, it's just like that that 
method of sitting down and writing stuff and not doing other stuff um, and being self-destructive. Uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, five people read my book and say, do you know what? I enjoyed that. That's good enough for me. I'm not, you know, uh, it'd be nice to sell a million books. I don't care, to be honest no. with you. You know, I wrote That's that. That's not why you do it. Well, no, no, I wrote that book. I mean, th- th- this particular book, you know, because there are other people involved in, in, in this film project, you know, I wanted it to be the best that it could be for them to help everybody that's been involved in it to give us a better chance of, you mm. know, making the film. But, you know, I, I, I just try my best and try and entertain people mm. and that's it. You know, people either like it or they don't. <laughs> well, in my opinion, you've done a fine, fine, fine <laughs> job. Uh, now, most importantly of all, where can one purchase this book, Mark? You can buy it on Wednesday from the CFC UK store. There we go. Uh, £9.95? Yeah. And Tenner we give for you, cash. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we give you a Sainsbury's carrier bag. Of course. That costs five people. We're running out of those. The ubiquitous CFC UK <laughs> bag. It's a Sainsbury's bag. Yeah, no, um, usual places. Um, it's on Kindle already, yeah? Yeah, it is on yeah. Kindle. Um I think it's one ninety nine on Kindle, and you can get it on iTunes. Good book, good bookshops, bad bookshops. Lovely um, stuff. www. Well, that's a good point actually, because of course um, you know we we talked about this the last time you were on the show. Actually, the fact that you know you 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 know Gate Seventeen has become a publishing company, and it has lots of other. <laughs> Well, yeah. it has, you know. Yeah. It's got lots of other Chelsea books. Yeah. Are there, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Christmas time, and people like yeah. to get a few books for, yeah. and stuff for Christmas. Because I, I noticed on the stall on Saturday yeah. that they have you have reissued yeah. probably the best uh, Chelsea book on the eighties ever, which yeah. is Kelvin's eight hundred page tomb salary <laughs> representing Chelsea in the eighties. I mean, I, I mean, probably yeah, that is probably. If not, it's probably, I mean, it's my favourite book about oh, Chelsea that's too, ever mate. been it's written. And I'm not blowing smoke up no. Kelvin's ass because he's all right. He'll ne- he doesn't listen to the show. He'll never <laughs> hear this. <laughs> but, but it, you know, that is a phenomenal. You know, somebody said to me, why are you charging 20 quid for that it's book? It's worth every penny. And I said, because it's a lifetime's work and it's 220,000 words. And it took me fucking ages to typeset. <laughs> and the first time I typeset it, it came out at 880 yeah, pages. Yeah which was never going to work because it would have cost 30 quid then. Uh, uh. Um, but, you know, I mean, that that is a great book and it's not, it's not a, you know, he's brought it up to date. There's a really interesting interview with Canners that Paul Cannaville that wasn't in there before. Um, no disrespect to Paul, but there's an even more interesting and illuminating interview with uh, Robert Isaac in there, mm. which details his, his horrible night mm. at the den. Um you know, and he's brought it all up to date, and it's a fantastic book. So yeah, that that that's yeah. out. We've got, you know, Walter Rotten's "Stuck on You," which is um, riding high at the top of the Chelsea charts in terms of books. Um, what else we got? We got um, Al Gregg's uh, book, wrong "The Wrong Outfit," which is a fantastic book. We got a book by Chris Morgan called "Coming Clean," which has got Chelsea references in it. We're also gonna we <laughs> we're we're gonna be doing a book by Tim Rolls, um, which is a very interesting Chelsea book, and also Caroline Wood. Is it, is it a recipe book? 
Well, it's a recipe, yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be a good book, that. Yeah. Tim's book. How to Make Better Mince yeah. Pies by Tim Now, Tim, Tim's book's about um, when Tommy Dock was yeah. manager of Chelsea, yeah. so that'd be really interesting. Tim uh, loves that period of uh, yeah. Chelsea history, so he'll he'll do that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, justice. the vehicle, it's, it's just a platform mm. for, you know, I know how hard it is to get published, and I know how hard it is for people to see that get their work out there and you know if people in my opinion if people sit there and spend days hours months years writing something mm. um, why why not give it a platform Too right you know if it's blue tinted exactly 100 percent blue, blue tinted we can put it out there people don't have to buy it exactly or people I've just seen something that's really made me tickle, actually, which is my favourite name in Mixler, which is I Saw Alan May Score. And he says, Salary is great. Is a great Chelsea book for sure. He's quite hard on Alan May's, though. <laughs> which is yeah. He really, really is, as I recall. Ke- Kelvin's quite brutal, actually. <laughs> he's absolutely he's, savage, he's, mate. If he doesn't like players... No, he, do- yeah. he, he tells it like it is. Right, look, you know what? I mean, I was going to ask you, Mark, about when you started sporting Chelsea, your first game, your hero and your favourite players, the best match, biggest thrill, worst match, biggest oh, sporting match, day routine. Oh, I was going to ask you all of that, but I mean, either A, we've run out of time. Or- we've run out of time. Okay, but do you know what? We'll have to get you back on, Mark, and then we- I promise you, we'll get you back on when you're not releasing a really great book to talk about, and we can just talk to you about that. Because as I said to you earlier on, We've had you on this show loads and loads of times, but we've never actually talked about that. Can you believe that? And you could do some homework, you see. Because by the next time you come back, your biggest disappointment will have changed. It will. It will. But do you know what? I don't care. (laughs) If if Chelsea, if Roman Abramovich was was left tomorrow, was jailed for some Uh, impropriety tomorrow, and all his money was sequestrated mm. and Chelsea turned to custard I'd still go down yeah, there. And so and, uh, you know we'd custard, still be here and I, you know manager, Bill custard. you know yeah. what we we were talking about general this, custard we were talking about this in the pub before that you know quite understandably people are getting well upset about what's going on and 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 we kind of after our second pint kind of looked at each other and said well yeah but i mean you know i don't really care cuz really i'm just here for the roller coaster you know it no, is the journey you're, isn't you're, it, you're, it you're, is. talk, you're talking about alan mays yeah, and how crap he was and he was crap, he was crap. and we watched him and he was awful. not not the bloke in mixler by the not way the bloke clearly in mixler. You know, and the bot the bot who might actually be alan mays he might be cuz he would have seen himself score wouldn't he, he would. but the bottom line is that you know we've come from there to here mm. where we are yeah and all of us who were watching Alan Mays at that time I know it says uh, boring 27 old, years boring without old, a meaningful yeah, trophy no, boring old git thing but you just think about it when we were watching Alan Mays if somebody would have said to you we'll win the league three times yeah. and the European Cup we just would have laughed them out of court wouldn't we four times Clayton yeah no I was trying to work <laughs> we've won it, it four it. times yeah mm. <laughs> Right, um, we are going to move on. We've really rambled along tonight, but that's because actually, A, we've had a lot to talk about, and B, I think the talk has been very interesting. Mm-hmm. I do, actually. Uh, and we're going to have a very quick break, and then we're going to do the quickest part four ever, uh, where we will tell you about the results of this week's Man of the Match, Chant of the Match. Well, we won't. It's the only Man of the Match and salary moment. And the usual roundup of Chelsea supporter news. We'll see you in a sec. 
fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Okay, we are back. I am Stanford Chidge. Uh, who'd have thought it after three parts of? Uh, I have to say, I'm I'm really enjoyed tonight's show. It's been very, 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 very uh, interesting tonight. Lots of very good chat, and I'm delighted by that. And I'm joined, of course, by Mark Worrell, who's just been talking about his fantastic book, uh, This Damnation, and the lovely Clayton Beerman. Hello. And the lovely Jonathan Kidd, who's disappeared, but he will be back. Uh, anyway, I'm going to try and do this really, really quickly, all right? And this is the most... Uh, yeah, we've just, we've just honed in on to Twitter on the big, uh, the big screen. Yeah, it's very professional, Marco. Can, can, I, I, just, can I just yeah. tell you something? Go on, go on, it's just go on, come into my mind, which is completely random. When we were talking about William before, and everybody was going, William, William, William... Number one it, it, no, is no, really a... But it reminded me of one of the very first things that I learnt as a kid at school about um, naming the, the, the kings of England. And he just used to read William, William, Henry Stephen, Henry Richard John. Which I know is completely uh, no, fucking no, no, no. random. I night. know, but I remember that. that. William, William. I remember that. I remember that. Obviously, it's William. 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 Well, or was it that Glenn Hoddle you, calls but, William? No, but I used to say Willen, William. Willen. William. Glenn Hoddle calls William Willen. Poor Glenn. Right, okay. I'm going to now announce the results. We've only done two out of four this week. Uh, in fact, really, it's only one and a half because the man of the only match... Only one heart. The man of the match versus Bournemouth, we nominated... William and William. And the result is William. 26% voted William into second place <laughs> and 74% voted William into first place. How does that they work? They maybe, the they thought, maybe, thought, maybe they thought that 26% was Will I Am. Oh, maybe. It's very bizarre how they did that, but bless their hearts. Anyway, so quite obviously, William was the only one that turned up. Number one is William. Number two is William. Number three is William. And so it yeah, goes. It, it, there's 22 hours left, Chidge. It oh, I know. Change. Maybe it might change. It might change. I, I'm going to stick a, a fiver on the end result being William. <laughs> uh, now, the salary moment, because we couldn't be bothered to do a Guinness or a chant of the match because it just didn't seem fitting. Uh, but we really were up for doing a salary moment. And this week, the nominations were Super Jock Finiston for a quite bizarre and arguably quite drunk halftime session with Neil the Spy Barnet, where he read off a, a sheet of scribbled down notepaper. It was the most passionate. It was. He shouted out to player. his mates, didn't he? He was naming yeah. his mates, which bless him. And I, I love Super Jock, so I'm always keen to vote anything for Super Jock. And of course, Trumpet Gates, which was the bloke being evicted for use of a an offensive trumpet in a. Uh, well, I mean, I missed I, all of this. I have afraid. to say, how did he get a trumpet in, in when we're having to go through the Ring of Steel, or because as I'm going to rename the Ring of at, Field? No, when he was outside, the steward said, "Is that a trumpet in your trousers?" Oh, you're just or pleased you're just to see pleased me. To see yeah, there we there go. There but anyway, um, I have to tell you that, um, um, sadly, because I voted for Super Jock, but Super Jock got 46% and Trumpet Gate got 54%. So Trumpet Gate is the winner of the salary moment. Now, we are going to whiz through this like a whizzy thing. And thankfully, I've hardly scripted anything this week because Marco got, uh, instead of the, the plug that I've been giving him in this bit of the programme, got a whole part. So there you go. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, CFC UK, of course, as you all know, you can get CFC UK at home games from the CFC UK store opposite Fulham Broadway Tube and also at away games. My but article, yeah. If you... What? Have you written your article? Yet? No, we got until Friday, Mark. I started at five. You know that. Yeah. I know what I'm going to write. I've got one in the pipeline. Yeah? Yeah. What about on. you, Clay? Yeah, what about you, Clayton? Um, I've actually done it and sent it in. And, Have you? And some oh, oh, you brown and nose. Some, you brown some, nose. Somebody teacher's said, pet, somebody teacher's said pet, said teacher's to, pet. Somebody said to me, <laughs> you might want to tell everybody else that you were the first. And I said, no, I don't want to tell anybody that I'm the first because I'll get called teacher's pet. You are the teacher's pet. I'm going to re- announce this on Twitter later, but, uh, but Clayton Beerman has done his CFC <laughs> You did say Clayton Blackmore. I then, did, didn't, didn't I? <laughs> Which is a really swatty teacher's pet thing to do. Me, I mean, I remember the days, actually, Marco. There's a lot of swattery going on at the moment. There's a lot of people who are very quick to go up on Twitter saying, I've done my article. I remember the days when people would go up saying, I still haven't done it yet. Kelvin and me yeah. would compete as to who could deliver it the latest. It seems to have gone completely the other way, and I'm a bit disappointed by that. I think everybody's just waiting to the last possible moment now because you never know what's going to oh, happen. No. Anyway, so yeah, look, uh, the, we are all uh, three of, or three out of four of us, are submitting articles this Friday for the next instalment of CFC UK, which will, of course, be the December issue, will it not? I think it will. Anyway, uh, Sunderland, so, it comes in. Yeah, it'll be out for Sunderland. But if you can't get, I mean, the thing is, if you do go and get it, uh, personally, you get to meet Marco at the door, and as he likes to say, tarry a while, have a quick chat, lend him a fag, buy him a buy him a hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. In no, this I weather, he blue, likes... blue baby on Twitter. Yes. is the chocolate. Provider. She's lovely, actually. No, Teresa's and a sweet. I love her. Yeah. For it. No, but Marco freezes his bollocks off and gets premature arthritis by standing on that stool. Say premature ejaculation. <laughs> he was going to. He managed to stop himself. <laughs> Yes, I don't want to get Teresa too excited uh, or Nalsy too cross. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the bottom line is is that Mark freezes his bollocks off of that stall in this kind of inclement weather. So, yeah, bring him a hot chocolate. It will go down very, very well. And then pick up A, uh, a CFC UK for only a pound and B, uh, one of the many books that Mark has on sale. Now, if you can't get to Fulham Broadway, uh, it's understandable, no problem at all. If you live in the States, you can get it. Uh, by going to the Twitter account at CFC UK USA. Uh, but of course, you can always get it online, and all you have to do there is to go to CFCUK.net. Now, Chelsea Supporters Trust, uh, we had a bizarre and slightly depressing uh, Christmas party in the cellar of the Finborough Arms, whatever it's called, on Saturday. Largely because we were all pissed off that we'd lost to Bournemouth. Uh, but nevertheless, I actually had a really nice time. I had great chats with some lovely people. Clive Lewis, for example, who is a, a mainstay of the Mixler chat room. I got to meet Clive for the first time, had a pint with him and had a nice chat. So actually, it was, it was, I felt a little better when I left. I have to say, I felt a little better. I suspect you've had a little drunk. No, I was left, actually no? quite. No, I was quite abstemious, okay. really. I didn't get too shit faced. So, okay, all right. You know, Not but anyway, where I was sitting. But there we go. That aside, okay. Well, there is, there, you know, there's what you think Relative. is pissed and what I think is yeah, pissed, and they are two enough. very yeah. different things. But anyway, um, the main thing is uh, join the Sporters Trust. Get your voice heard by the club. It's only five pounds to become a voting member. It's free if you want to be a, a non-voting member. All you have to do is sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. And you can attend the meetings, you can come to any events that we do. And, you, of course, the most important thing is you can vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. Uh, now, the member survey has been out, and no doubt, if you're a member, you would have received an email with the link on for that. And, of course, we just put out a, a newsletter 
so you would have seen that so do get involved uh, it's quite an important thing and a lot of us here take it quite seriously somebody's written something funny on Mixler <laughs> thanks for the pintage Bournemouth don't even, even need, need Boscombe, Boscombe to help I remember that Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic that's right yeah, yeah that's right god blimey can I just ask James Alexander any, has anybody Gordon ever been moment? to Boscombe yeah I have it's my part of the world down there actually I have, have to go to, recently, like, no, I go to Christchurch once a week do you really yeah yeah is that to check on the man near uh, Sandbanks or something? Mm. Have lunch with Harry, no, maybe? No, or Rosie? No. <laughs> and Rosie not, 47. And not to visit the lovely Victoria. Uh, okay, I think we'll move on. Uh, anyway, uh, you know what to do. Join the Supporters Trust. It's worth it. Now, it's time to go. Um, now, write, uh, I, as it says here in the script, write in a very accusatory way, Jonathan. Write! Who are you pointing at? I, am, I don't know. Anybody in general, really. Write. Good, good point, everybody. The no face. No Chelsea fan cast next Monday as we will be watching Chelsea beat Premier League leaders Leicester. You I have, have scripted a live that. one. No. I'm going to be watching the game, mate. We did that last time, though, didn't we? No, we're not doing it here. We can't do it here because we can't get it on the telly. There's no Sky or BT here. You have to come round to me. We could do. Okay, next Monday, change of plan. We're all going down to Jonathan Kidd's for a parté with all of his uh, famous actor friends. I'm not there. I'm at the the theatre. Well, that's even better. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a party on your behalf. No, we seriously, folks. We will not be. We will not be here next Monday. There will be no fan cast because, of course, there's a game on. Uh, but we will be back on Monday, December the 21st, for our last show of the year. Some might say it will be a Christmas special. I won't. Uh, it will be there specifically to talk about uh, the Leicester game, the Porto game, uh, and the Sunderland game, and to celebrate the fact that Jose Mourinho is still our manager. Because Jose Mourinho, exactly. Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho. So we get a week off next week, which is actually not a bad thing. I can enjoy the football, not have to worry about doing the fan cast. Now, um, in in between, yeah. That by the way, actually, I should tell you that's that's it. No more shows after the twenty first because there are no shows over Christmas. Really? Yeah, we won't be back until the fourth of January. No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm buggering off to enjoy Christmas, and I'm not going to be doing a show. I, I quite often do this. I actually have a break over Christmas. Because I'm a great fan, as is Jurgen Klopp, of the winter break. You know, I'm trying to embrace it and encourage the rest of the Premier League to do the same. <laughs> you know, next year I intend to go warm weather training in the Costa del Sol uh, with a large pint of San Miguel. Anyway, enough, 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 you enough. Up sandbanks with Wally, Ernie Wally. And uh, is it Ernie Wally? Ernie Wally is in Sandbanks. Yeah. Oh no, is that's that Aberystwyth. No, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, I remember that. I've heard Canners and Kerry tell me, and Mickey Thomas actually have all independently told me about the horror of doing the sand training in Aberystwyth. They got very fit though. Obviously, left a very big impression. Yeah, they on got them. very very fit yeah, though. They, did. they were good that season. Saw Canners on Saturday actually looking yeah. very dapper, doing some corporate hostility. He was looking very when very well. He, which one was he in? He, he said he was everywhere. Yeah, he My said he was doing. Well, it's good to see him working at the club on a on a, on a game day. I was pleased to see that. Yeah, yeah. And I said to him, "We will get him back in the new year." Apparently Actually, Canners, on the off chance that you're listening, we've got the copy of Celery which your hand features on the cover. And there we go. Signed by Kelvin. So there come and pick go. it up from the stall on Wednesday. Lovely. He won't be, but I, we can always no, text he will. him. He will. will he? What listening? No, but he will come. I'm sure he will. No, he does, actually. Bless his heart. It was good to see him. Right, don't forget to follow the show 
on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Of course, make sure you check out. Actually, I'm not going to even read that because apart from Clayton's fantastic blogs, uh, I am too lazy to write any. But anyway, we do have a website. It is ChelseaFanCast.com. Uh, the most important thing is that you can download the show from the site and have a listen to it there as well. Now, don't forget, of course, to go and check us out on Facebook. You know where. Enough already. I have had a very interesting time tonight. I've enjoyed this show because I thought we talked about a lot Serious of... Serious issues. Yeah, we did. We were, we went for it tonight. Yeah. So, well, it's really lovely to see you. Thank you. I haven't done the schedule yet, but I will do this week. But you, I may well whenever, see whenever you. you want, I may well see you on the twenty first. <laughs> Nobody else can do it. I'm about. I know, but I like seeing you here. You know, it's, it's the I whole thought, point. I thought J.K. was on it every week. He pretty he much is. is. No, yeah. no, I'm not supposed to be. It just oh, I thought you were like. No, I'm, I'm like it's oh, kind of right. it's little it's little help. Jo- jo- Jonathan's it's been a, on a roll for the last menu, couple of months. Oh, I thought you were like. And it's a cheeky friend. Part no, of the, no, part no. of the act. He's he's been on. I do try and I the knee with him. I do try and rotate the squad. Uh, but uh, as a quirk of, of, of pure coincidence, Jonathan has been on a, on a really somebody, good yeah, run recently. Also, I've been in because people have fallen out and I was available. So. And he's also the William of the Chelsea fan cast. You know, William number one William. is Johnny Kidd. <laughs> number two is Johnny Kidd. Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. We all live in a Johnny Kidd world. No, it's great to see him. I don't know. I may see him on the 21st, but I will do the whatever, schedule. Whatever. Clayton, uh, the lone blogger of the ChelseaFanCast.com world. Great blog, by the way, the other week. Thank you. Thank you for that. Lovely to see you tonight. Have you enjoyed yourself? Lovely to be here, yes. Great privilege to be with you gentlemen. There we go. And you've had a nice glass or two of wine. I have. Courtesy of my wife. So you're happy. I am Great to see you. Now, last but by no means least, fantastic as always to see Mark on the show. Always lovely to have you here. Cheers, mate. Good luck with the rest of the book. (laughs) <laughs> have a lovely Christmas and I will see you uh, on Wednesday night on Wednesday yes I will be there I'm going to bring a light to illuminate the CFC UK Good. storm there is a light that never goes out <laughs> there is a as, uh, as Morrissey once out. said yeah. very poetically alright enough time for us to go and have a very serious drink or a very serious lie down or both one followed by the other uh, yeah. many many thanks to my wonderful guest this week I've really had a good time Thank you to you lovely people in Mixler who have stuck with us. I see that it's gone down by 50%, but I, can't, I can understand <laughs> that. that We've been blathering on for a long time tonight, but I do love you all. We will see you next time on the 21st of December. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree. Ah, It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.